Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! Geeks. Geeks! Hello and welcome back to the We Are Geeks Horror Channel, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in a classic retrospective franchise, and right now we are nearing the end of our shortest franchise yet. Is that right? Yeah, The Purge. We are on The First Purge. Came out this year, 2018, this week, if you're listening to it right now. If you're listening to it from the future, it came out in the past. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of these films is Lee Comley. Hello, hello. And Alison Holland. Hi. For a split second, I was like, what are both of your names? (laughs) 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 Wow. Which is why I went like, films? (laughs) I quickly researched my brain. Stalling. Oh, we made it, guys. <sighs> We're here. We're at the last of the Purge films. But don't breathe easy because there's more Purge coming and we're going to be talking about that later on. A little bit at the end of this podcast. Good, because I don't feel cleansed yet. Do you know what I mean? I need to get some more Purge on. So <laughs> need to get some more Purge on. You need yeah. to unleash the beast. <laughs> I do indeed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a separate conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll be talking a little bit at the end of this podcast, but then next week we'll be back with our the Purge wrap-up where we're going to be talking all about all of the films and also you know the sort of media around the films and putting together lists and talking about the future of the purge which there seems to be quite a lot of future of the purge yep so we'll get to that when we get to it but this week first purge 2018 gets a 5.4 out of 10 at the moment currently by hair's breadth the lowest rated of the purge films but it did just come out as we're speaking yesterday officially i know there's some early screenings on tuesday it was budgeted at $13 million. This is the highest budget of any of the Purge films. And I can report it's made back over $9 million already. And it's only been out for one night. Oh, great. So it's doing... <laughs> was that facetious? <laughs> well, good for them. I'm genuinely pleased for them. Good for They're them. They're getting their money back. It's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, the previous two were $11 million, weren't they? And the first one was like way down at like $4 million or something. So... Yeah, just a little bit more money yeah. uh, to play with. Excitingly, directed by someone new, Woo-hoo! Gerard McMurray, who has previously directed a <laughs> film called Burning Sands, which I have not watched, but I've seen the trailers for. This is a Netflix movie. I think it's funded by Sundance, and it's about, what was it about? It's about hazing for a fraternity, and this guy who wants to expose the violence that's happening, but he also wants to get into the frat, and it's kind of, yeah. One of those films. But then the writer-director of the previous Purge films does return to write this one, James DeMonico. He is still there producing and writing, even if he's not directing. DP'd by someone new. We've had the same DP for the last three films. Now we have Anastas N. Mikos. Yep. DP'd of a bunch of TV stuff called Quantico. Did the film called The Forgotten. And we've reviewed this DP before, Ali, in our Texas Chainsaw Massacre retrospective. Uh, He did Texas Chainsaw 3D. Ah. (laughs) <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, remember, I have blocked that one from my memory. That okay. was the sound of that. <laughs> Music by Kevin. I heard Lacks. 3D and said, "Nope." <laughs> 
Kevin Lax has also done the music on this director's previous feature film, Burning Sands. And then starring a bunch of people. But you know what? I'm going to get into those in a second. So normally we start these shows by talking about the films that came out this year and the horror films that came out this year, but we're still in this year. So we can't do the big happen at the box office this year. What do we reckon? Infinity War is going to win, though, for sure. Yeah. Totally. What can we talk about? Our horror films this year? Just in case you're listening to this from the future, Hereditary. this is the year that had films. There you go. Hereditary. A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place. Upcoming for us is Unfriended Dark Web. The Strangers 2, Pray at Night came out. Ghost Stories came out. Annihilation went to Netflix. Insidious 4, The Nun. Unsane. Nick Cage had two horror films this year. That's how this year will be remembered. Mom and Dad, <laughs> one of the directors of Crank. Hmm. Which is actually pretty terrible and hilariously brilliant at the same time, where all the parents contract this disease and want to start killing all of their children. And it's kind of brilliant. It has like newborn baby attempted murder and stuff. Oh like my it's god. God. Pretty dark. But then he's just in, I don't know if you guys seen this trailer, but it's being huge in the festival circuit. And then it just had a trailer released this week for a film called Mandy with Nicolas Cage. And that looks fucking crazy. I haven't that seen seriously that. Good. But yeah. I don't know. It's a weird year. We've got everything out this year, pretty much. Still a lot of spookies, but we've got a bunch of sequels coming back. Like, and you know, a lot of indie films like Marabone and Pie Wacket and Revenge. And yeah, there have been a few actual female empowerment, like revenge films as well and stuff like that that have been out. But definitely a muddled year. And again, I don't think The Purge really is reflective of what's happening in the year of horror movies because they make enough money. They're fine. You just do what they do. Yeah. What was I going to say? If you're new listening to us, hello and welcome. Please head on over to weirdgeeks.com, weirdgeeks.com, where you can branch on out to our social medias, and you can go and please subscribe and rate our previous podcast, just Weird Geeks on, on your podcast app or on iTunes. We've done a whole bunch of stuff, uh, including all the Child's Play films, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hellraiser. We did Danny Boyle series, we do Star Wars, and we've normally used to have a weekly podcast, but now it's sort of a once a month, twice a month deal where we talk about topical stuff, video games, and our own things as well. Life, depression, <laughs> creativity. <laughs> and we are a channel governed and created by uh, people involved in the movie industry. So producers, directors, actors, stuff like that. So please do go support us because we do all this for free and we will put no adverts, we'll put no sponsorship. We just do this because... We like to talk about shitty fucking films. All right. <laughs> Who's in this movie then? I don't know these people. Ali, I know you know some of them. So we have a guy called Yelan Noel. Yep. Yelan Noel. He's from Insecure. There you go. He plays Dimitri. Uh, I will be referring to him as Beardy Buff Boy for the rest of this podcast. He is Perfect Beardy name. and Perfect Buff name. and a boy. He is those three, the triple B. He's in the hustle. Yeah, and Insecure. So what? Oh, tell me about this boy. I don't know him. I actually don't think he's done much else. I think it's just Insecure and this, as far as I know. But yeah, he's one of the main characters on Insecure. He's in both seasons. He's, I thought he, he was a really awesome actor from that show, so I got excited when I saw him in the opening okay. of this. Just because I, yeah. I've mentioned this once or twice, but again, if you're new listening to this, I am usually the newbie to these groups, to these franchises, so I try to stay away from trailers, IMDb pages, reviews, everything. So... There were even like a couple YouTube videos that we'd be watching and the trailer would pop up and I would turn my sound off and cover my eyes for a minute until it went away. <laughs> so I really, Aww. I did my best to stay away from it. So it was a genuine surprise to see him. You wanted to go in fresh. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know him at all. Who else do we have? We've got Lex Scott Davis playing Nya. 
Naya. Can you pronounce it? N-Y-A? Naya. <laughs> I have a written in my notes simply as sister. Because that was her as his sister? No, not his sister. The sister and brother. But it took me a while to figure oh. out their relationship. Oh, as I is see. customary with Purge films, introduce us to many characters and let us figure out what their fucking relationships oh, are. Oh, I exactly. figured that one out pretty early. I didn't have trouble with this one. No, I'm confused. Me, I thought they were boyfriend girlfriend to begin with, and then what? He's so yeah. young. I couldn't tell. She looks really young. She's playing older, but she looks so fucking young. Oh, I She's thought he looked like, like a 14 year old boy. He Friends, looks really young. She keeps talking about like how these men have led this life and all this stuff she's done. It's like, you look 17. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> how old is she? I want to know now. I assume she's like early she mid like 20s. Late, yeah, late 20s, maybe. Let's not assume anything. 26 right? years Let's, old. You she's assumed they were dating. Years old, 26. <laughs> yeah. She looks, she just looks really young. She does. She's been in Superfly and the Training Day TV show. Yeah, we have her brother, who's played by. Yov- Yovan Wade? Yovan? I don't know. These people have complicated names. He's J-O-I-V-A-N. a British guy. V-A-N. Yeah, he's British. He's been in a lot of EastEnders and a yeah. bit of Doctor Who. Uh, he plays Isaiah. That's her brother. Isaiah. Then we've got someone simply called Mugger. That's their name as an actor. <laughs> M-U-G-G-A. It's unique, if nothing else. They play Dolores, who has been in Orange is the New Black, Power, Rhoda Mitchell... MD. Uh, then we've got Pat Dara, as uh, the chief of staff, uh, also known as Arlo Sabian. He's been in Everything Sucks TV. He's been in the film Sully, uh, Limitless TV show, Boardwalk Empire, whole bunch of stuff. And then, of course, Oscar winner coming to the series, Marisa Tomei as the architect, also known as Dr. Updale. <laughs> <laughs> what sounds fancy? Updale. <laughs> Updale. <laughs> Um, of course, from The Wrestler, Untamed Heart, Oscar winner for My Cousin Vinny. She's also in In the Bedroom. But I think most people nowadays will know her from Spider-Man Homecoming as sexy, uh, his sexy aunt, <laughs> which is, <laughs> was the the weird casting decision that they made with this was like, let's make her young and sexy. And then comment on it all the time <laughs> in those Marvel movies. I'm a huge Marisa Tomei fan. She's the only person here pretty much I know. I love The Wrestler. I love Untamed Heart. Uh, I really love In the Bedroom. I think that's a phenomenal movie that more people need to watch. So yeah, I, was, I went into this film. I'll tell you what. I went in excited and very, very not excited for two re- different reasons. <laughs> so I went in excited because Marisa Tomei was in this. So I was like, great. She's, you know, a great actress. I always enjoy seeing her, whatever she's doing. I was also excited because we have a new director. And my main complaint for the last few films has been I need new blood in this series they need new vision new ideas even if we have got the same writer at least there'll be some new style hopefully i was not excited as i sat down just because i had seen one of the trailers for this film (laughs) and i wasn't convinced that i was going to get anything that i just said (laughs) but i was willing to be proven wrong my cinema was packed i have to say i saw this opening day i know there were some previews but i saw this on the 4th of july saw it midday pretty much and i have to be honest when I'm in an American cinema and it's 4th of July and I'm watching a film called The First Purge, I keep one eye on the door for any person who comes I in. I had the Goodness, same thing. Yeah. I genuinely was really frightened the day before and FaceTimed Sean oh, wow. to like, talk out my panic. And he it's was horrible, like, yeah, it? he was like, is this something that you normally think about? And I was like, no, but it's the 4th of July. We had threats from Kim Jong-un last year that the West Coast was going <laughs> to be sent missiles. We've already had school, like, school shootings 
uh, movie theater shootings with Batman. And I was like, this is a very fitting film for that to happen in. And I was genuinely frightened. Yeah, I genuinely was. And I genuinely thought, I don't want to go at nighttime. Uh, Katie was getting in that night anyway. And I was like, I don't know if the first thing I want for her to do when we see each other for the first time after months is to watch a shitty film like this. <laughs> um, but I was also like, no, I'd rather go in the daytime because in my head I'm safer, which is stupid logic. But that's how yeah. it is. And then, yeah, I kept my eye on it the whole time. And anytime someone walked in in my head, I was just like, I don't want to die for this movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this isn't the one that's worth it. <laughs> that's that's some, a conversation we have at some point. Someone came which in and movie, sat right behind me. And I immediately was like, I should be sitting in the back row. Why am I sitting here? And then I started yeah. playing that Jim Jeffries bit where he like opens up one of his shows by talking about how nobody sits in the middle anymore because of all the shootings that have happened. It's that true. everyone sits on exit rows because you need a quick ray out. Oh my goodness. And I was like, oh shit, I'm a sitting duck right here. <laughs> I'm literally like, my legs are in one position, so I'm ready to get on the floor if I need to, basically. <laughs> Looking yeah. at your Jason Bourne exit marks. This is the world we it's live in. It's a horrible, horrible way I'm to see I'm genuinely films. horrified hearing you talk yeah. about it that way, like going to the cinema and having to have that in your head, but you know. It's just the way it no, it's, is. It's, it's unacceptable. Wow. It really is that that goes through people's heads ever in America. And yeah. I'm sure some people never think about it, but no. in England, nobody would ever think about it. No, absolutely know? not. No. Whereas in America, yeah, you do have to a little bit. Like, And this was that film where I'm like, this is the kind of film, if it's going to happen, it would happen in. Yeah. And it freaked, freaked me out. Me too. But no, nothing happened, thankfully. <laughs> <sighs> I'm not even, there's so many jokes I can make, but I'm not going to because it's an inappropriate topic to make any jokes about. But all right. Okay. So we all saw the film. That's what happened. Yes. Everyone survived. I'm, so this is my first time. We always have a problem at the end of these podcasts where we get to the new film that's on at cinema, if there's a new film on at cinema. A lot of the time they're not. They're going straight to video. So it's easy. We can just watch it on Blu ray and write our notes normally. I normally get out and we struggle. We have to find like a synopsis online. We have to write some notes after the film. We forget stuff. It's normally a bit more of a relaxed affair because we can't go through it scene by scene. This time I decided, no, I'm going to take a notepad. The one you gave me, Ali. Uh, and I'm going to write down my notes at, in the dark as I watch this movie and just try not to write over each line three times, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I can't write handwriting very well at the best of times nowadays it like hurts my wrist just cramps up because i'm not used to it but i did like 10 pages so we're gonna see how it goes wow Lee, i know you did notes in the cinema ali you retained stuff in your brain well and I wrote them we'll, down later. Find out. <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> so excuse us like if this is your first one and you think wow this is shoddy uh you're correct so <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we start off the movie normal fanfare and then we open on a bewilderingly close shot of an incredibly fake scar yes <laughs> like I, a, you've said that yep i honestly was like why if you if your makeup's not great don't don't put it in a close-up wides like it's, it's an extreme close-up the scar is all we see yeah and then we pan and we get all these shots and we get another opening like with the previous film with just terrible voices speaking over it like really bad acting from both sides so basically we've got this white glassed man who's interviewing this com this really like fucked up scarred looks like he's just completely mental guy who we later on will refer to as Skeletor and he'll refer to himself as Skeletor as well. <laughs> His scars now, kind first... of looked like they were designed as braids. Like they looked like they were planned and placed specifically 
They look like a pattern, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. But it didn't mean, I don't think it meant anything. The no. It was just. <laughs> My first question, though, at the beginning of this film, other than why would you do a close up of a fake scar, is how many people going to see this movie understand a reference to Skeletor? Allie, do you know who Skeletor is? Someone tall and gangly. <laughs> <laughs> No, clearly she does not. A lanky Lee, dude. I'm guessing you get who Skeletor is. <laughs> well, it's it's He Man, isn't it? That's the yeah. Skeletor is the villain the from He Man, who is a skull faced baddie, and it's such a weird thing to call out to without at least showing a reference. Like cut from that to the kid reading a He Man comic or something. You know, it's like it's so weird that it's like okay, I feel like I mean it's an unusual name. I don't know if it stands on its own anyway. If you don't get the reference, it's just. He's very skeletal. So. I don't know. But it's but a weird this choice. Person, oh, this, they're hoping this person will be the new icon for Skeletor. Yeah, this that's is it. How that's what it is. The new generations won't think of He-Man. <laughs> They'll think of The Purge. The, the He-Man reboot will feature this guy. That's what it's going to be. Do you ever see the Masters of the Universe live action film? with? Is that Dolph Lundgren in that? Or is it? I've escaped that, thankfully. Oh, man, you should watch that. It's, <laughs> it's got, um, I'll tell you who it's got. It's, oh, God, how can I forget her name? <laughs> it's got Monica in it. Oh, Courtney Cox. Connie Cox, she's the lead. What? <laughs> I yeah. definitely need to watch this. And, it, and it's all in contemporary day America, but in the 80s, you know, when it was oh, made. Oh, amazing. He-Man basically like travels across dimensions as a fish out of water, sort of crocodile Dundee version oh, of Jesus. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. This all means nothing to Ali. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know who Courtney Cox is. <laughs> and you're halfway there. That's the important bit. Okay, so basically we've got these obnoxiously white people <laughs> interviewing just only i mean i don't interview a single white person today it's only black people and hispanic yeah. people is that correct yep uh, but we don't understand necessarily why at this point but yeah let's skip forward a little bit shall we with that like basically yeah. they're they're just trying to initiate people into the first purge and they're trying to get the ball rolling as quickly as possible so they're giving people five thousand dollars if they stay on the island and then there are extra benefits if they actually participate. So if they wear these contact lenses, which allow them to be filmed from their POV and also niftily glow in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, if they kill people and if they like, you know, they never get into exactly how much money they're going to make, do they? But no, they no just say the more you participate, the more money you make. Yeah, there you go. So that's, yeah, basically they're completely, you know, fair way to eschew that's uh, what's meant to be a scientific test <laughs> to see how the a purge will affect. So essentially, yeah, sorry. We are meant to be set on Staten Island, uh, but this was actually filmed in Buffalo, I think it is, in New York State. We have no lead up. Now, I'll tell you what, one of the reasons I was excited for this film was because I thought, okay, we're going to get to see the social political climate that led into the purge. I thought we're going to get at least a big chunk of the beginning of the film is seeing the reasoning behind why did this have to happen to begin with and getting the build-up of characters with that. And instead, like all the Purge films, we get like an opening montage of news footage just going, stuff is shitty. All right, Purge time. <laughs> stuff is shitty. People are angry. See their protests. Okay. That's what my first it. thought was like, oh, this is going to be exactly like the rest of the movies because now the majority of the film is going to be us following around our main characters who didn't mean to get stuck outside during the purge, but now they're stuck outside during the purge. Yep. And it was, it followed that exact same guide. And what's really frustrating is 
this is the one, right, where you think, okay, if they're doing a prequel, they can do something different. I mean, they could do something different all the time. Yeah. But they could really do something different here. And instead, it just seems like, like we said in the last podcast, they, they basically closed the book on the purge, seemingly, at the end of part three. And then they were like, oh, shit, okay, well, we want another film. Let's just make it a prequel. It seems like they're embarrassed almost it's a prequel. They're basically just like, we just want to make another purge film. We don't want to talk about all this other How stuff that we started. could be talking about. No, they don't seem to want to talk about because none of it even makes any fucking sense. It's like we have this Dr. Marisa Tomei who's meant to be genuinely interested and they're doing this test bed and then they're saying, oh, we're going to get like good results. She's working with the NFFA, the new founding fathers of America, whatever it's called, who clearly want to eschew the test because they want this to become, they think they're going to look weak if they back this and then it doesn't work out. So it plays out literally just like all the other Purge films. And I don't understand, you know, when they're saying, oh, we can tell if this has been a successful test because there's this particular tower block that is a central part of this community, which I don't get why, because it's really like, it's the worst. It's the worst building in the entire fucking Well, community. they also try to use that as a point to say that, like, the government is targeting this area specifically because it's essentially the projects. So they're targeting yeah. this poor community, knowing that everybody's going to participate to try to get money. And they also understanding that this us in this world, understanding that they're starting it here because they're trying to kill off all the unemployed or the lower class. So that excuse all your data, like all the data is meaningless. Her For scientific sure, methodology is not particularly sound, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Because when they say if this tower, because what they literally say is, oh, we'll know if it's been a success because if this tower gets involved, then it's been a success. It's like, how? Yeah. Because surely what, I mean, surely the way they're selling it to the country, because I do want to pedal this back a little bit. How are they selling this to the country? Because they don't really say it. But presumably they're trying to say, look, the world, the, like America's going to shit. We've got terrible employment rates. Like we're deaded through the eyeballs. Like the way to sort this out is they're not admitting it's culling, which is their real reason behind this entire project. But they're saying we need America to let out their aggression so we can all work better together, essentially, to create a better America, right? Is that how? The- yeah, but they don't make that link between how me getting rid of my aggression is going to somehow fix the drug problem or the money issues. Exactly. They don't, they yeah. don't link those point. two things together at all. In, uh, it's really weird. Because surely if you're doing a test, what it would be is, okay, we're going to do this test and then we need to wait two years to see how it affects the economy in this And then do it with secluded- a different group of people in a different area, not yeah. on a coast or something. Like change because up. it's not a success if more people do it. It's a success if it helps the economy. And there's no way you can tell by just affecting Staten Island the next day going, oh yeah, the economy's great now on Staten Perfect. Island. Everyone's dead. <laughs> I think ultimately they are just selling it to people as you need to get your aggression out and somehow that's just going to fix all of our problems magically. But then as underneath it all, it is just about killing all the poor people. Absolutely bewildering. Just really, the it. logic behind this film is so stupid. And what's really annoying is with the other films, you could forgive it because you're like, okay, we're many years on. This is just what it's grown to be now. Whereas this is no, this is the inception. We need the answers to those questions. We need a really rock solid foundation to build from where the other films make more sense, not less sense. And instead, this just seems like something like, I don't get how this, any of this ever caught on then. Like, this just makes the, all the rest of other films make less sense to me. See, I, part of me wants to think this is, this is planned and it was purposeful that they did it that way. Like, 
as being a reference to modern politics in that you can say one thing, not really back it up with any meaningful statistics, and people will go along with it because you say it in the right way. Like the wall, like Trump's wall. Do you know what I mean? You could liken that to the purge in a way. Like it's going to fix all of our problems with immigration and everything else. And actually the reality, it doesn't do anything. Right. But, but people you're follow being along. Very going, generous. I'm being very generous. I know. <laughs> there's, points, there's points in my notes where I know I'm being very, very generous. And I'm, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, I guess you could make that leap. Because I went after this film, I was like, okay, I need to look at some facts, I need to do some research. There are very little facts about this film, but the only fact I could find that was of any interest was that good old Punisher boy from the previous two films said he'd come back only if James DeMonico was involved and the script was good enough. And he did not. And the other stuff I could find were, yeah, some reviews of people tearing it apart for its social commentary, people saying this film is incredibly racist. And then interviews with Gerard McMurray, the director of this. Have you guys seen any interviews with him? No. 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 I would recommend you YouTube afterwards, interview the first purge, Gerard McMurray. I don't like saying mean things about people. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced he's the most sophisticated man. It's a polite way to say it, maybe. Okay. okay. Sentences seemed a little difficult for him. I wasn't sure if he was all there. It's really explained this movie a lot to me. So watching an interview with him where he's asked questions that you think would provoke an inspired, excited response and just watching his sort of slightly lost face fumble through very basic rudimentary answers. Which is a massive shame (sighs) because it's Mm -hmm. dealing with so many different sort of political issues. And obviously you've got a very, most of the cast is black. You know, mm-hmm. and he's a black director, and you would hope that he would take that and those ideas and really run with it. And it's a shame that he's that way in interviews. Well, he does. I mean, again, this is my opinion, and I've only seen a couple. Maybe he yeah. was just you know whatever tied in those interviews. No idea, uh, but didn't come across well. We'll say that. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, all I care about Lee is we're getting a lot of news footage here. And I know you said <laughs> in previous podcast you're upset about news reporters not acting like real news reporters, since you're, obviously you have background in that. How are the ones here? How are they doing? So much better. Oh yeah. my God. It's almost like they listened. <laughs> I actually did something about it. They were so much better this time around and actually much more believable. Instant recommend then. Yeah. It's all good. I was, what was I watching? I watched something else the other day, which had a genuine new, like a real newscaster in it. And it made me think of you. God, what was that? Oh, it was a James Bond film. It was one of the, <laughs> one of the new Bond films. Yeah. And it had like, it had our real London news reporters like oh, great. in the film. And I was because I heard the voice and I was like, wow, this sounds really genuine. And then I saw him and was like, oh, yeah, it's because he's a real news reporter. An actual news reporter. Yeah. Um, All right. So then we're introduced to, I should say, we are days before the first purge at this point. We're introduced to Bearded Buff Boy uh, or Beardy Buff Boy. He is, we're going to learn he's a drug dealer who basically runs Staten Island. He's he's seen what they call him, the big dog or something or some stupid nickname. As stupid as Beardy Buff Boy? Biddy Buff Boy, yeah. He's very rich, he's very fit, and he's got a whole entourage of people working around him. We introduced him both as being like kind, but also being no bullshit. You know, he's kind of got the kick ass feel of the Punisher Boy, but then he's got a kind side to him as well. I have a question at this moment when we're introduced Please. to him. Have we, I know we've talked about this before, but have we figured out what year this is supposed to be set in? So on the Wikipedia page, it says this is 2014. 2014. Yeah, well, before we'd estimated 2013, because of when the first film came out, 
This is saying it's 2014. I haven't done the math for how that works with everything else. I know we got to what, 2025, I think, or something like that with the other films. I will say they contradict themselves with this information almost immediately because the next scene we're introduced to the brother and the sister and he has a poster in the background of his wall of the new Halloween film coming out later this year in 2018. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the reason I thought about this is just based off of the car that he's driving. (laughs) And I was like, was that around whenever this was set? So I was trying to figure (laughs) out because I know the first one was, was set in the future, obviously, even future now. Past 2018, so I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, just 2014. So I feel they think they can get away with whatever they need to here. They're close enough to modern day. Yeah. That's funny. I did notice that it was a Halloween poster. I just didn't... I don't know the series well enough to know that it's for the one that's coming out this year. That's hilarious. And I just like... Because we'd had all these trailers before this film... Which, to be honest, I'd rather talk about than the film because, oh my god, there was some fucking awful, awful trailers. <laughs> awful trailers. There's a film called Nobody's Fool, which I urge everyone to go and watch the trailer for. It made me want to put something through my face. <laughs> but yeah, then we did get the Halloween trailer and yeah. then this poster. And I was like, yeah, they just couldn't, couldn't stop themselves. They had to. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so we introduced to these guys. We've got brother and sister. Sorry, I'm going to forget their names. Was it Naya and Isaiah? Naya and Isaiah. Excellent. That's not going to get confusing. Yeah, she's a protester. She's running a protest group and she's anti the purge. So they're all out there trying to stop the purge from happening. We do get a kind of a cool shot top down as we see all these protesters out on the streets and then all the people who are queuing up to go in for these interviews just to make money because they're in a dire situation and that five grand goes a long way. Did anyone else think those questions and interviews were ridiculous? Yes. (laughs) I had a few people in my theater myself included laughing every time they showed an interview <laughs> like i really wanted are you to like angry? them yeah, no, are you angry it seems like they directed every interviewer <laughs> to sound like a robot oh they're terrible they're like you sound white. like they was a, like a pre-recorded <laughs> like like have y'all seen the trailer for leave no trace no no which no, is no, the, no, da- the father and daughter he's there's a section where he's like answering true or false questions but he's doing it with a computer the computer's asking questions and it's basically like do you lead a happy life and like the the computer should sound like that but that's what these people sounded like i was like why they're humans why do you need them to sound like that (laughs) it's so uh, weird are you an angry person Yeah, it's it's, is it just not that all all white people in this film have been directed to be completely dispassionate towards robotic but that's the thing isn't it i mean yeah i don't i was trying not to get into it but it is hard not to when this film portrays predominantly black people a few hispanic people all of them are in a bad situation now i appreciate we're on one particular demographical island they're all in a bad situation other than one group and who've made money and the only way they can is by dealing drugs yeah and and then all the white people seem to be affluent and evil basically Other than maybe Marisa Tomei, but we'll get to her right now because we're introduced to her in a terrible green screen interview, which is uh. some of the worst green screen I've ever seen. It's all like fuzzy around her where they've tried to blend it into the background. I don't know if she was just too expensive. I've, they probably had her for two days. She's like, I'm not going on location. You're filming me on set. <laughs> That's it. Because we'll get to it, but she's like, she's barely in this movie. She really is hardly in this film whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, you're really... Yeah, we're getting introduced to her as the person who came up with the idea for the purge, and then she's um, had backing from yeah the new founding 
fathers but they seem to have very different ideals essentially for what they're trying to do here she's just looking at it from a social point of view and they're looking at it from a culling down the poor culling down minorities and getting america back on track i mean again here's the problem when we get these back conversations with them about look the world is overpopulated they're not wrong you know and there's interesting stuff you could do with this but they don't explore any of it like there's no intelligent conversation had about anything it's just like the world is overpopulated so let's kill all the black people basically yeah <laughs> it's fucking terrible at least thanos was willing to just kill anybody he wasn't he wasn't targeting any specific group of people exactly he was a purple penis i mean like thanos does not see color race religion or sex no it's like i'll kill them all equally <laughs> nice image and oh, also, are we, re- are we really buying that she kind of has no political bias or anything at all? She's condoning murder for the sake of some bizarre experiment. So, she, you, you know, spoiler, like, things don't end well for her. I've got, I've got no <laughs> fucking kind of sympathy for her whatsoever. Sorry, love. Maybe she was coming at this thinking people are angry because they don't have money. If they don't have money, I can get rid of the law for one day where they can go out and steal the things that they need. (laughs) So like (laughs) toys for their children. The dude trying to break into an ATM made my heart so happy. Like things like that. Maybe I love that you see the best in people. It's nice. Well, you, you were being kind to the film. So now it's my turn to be kind (laughs) to the film. You're completely right though. It's like, that is like, okay, we'll get to it in a minute. But yeah. that's the that's the thing. It's like, yes, it would be stealing. That would be the thing that everyone does this first night. You Absolutely. go to a poor area yeah. and you say, guess what? Best Buy. Crime is legal. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to go and party on drugs and they're going to go and steal shit. Yeah. And maybe there'd be a bit of rape. But they wouldn't all go out and butcher <laughs> each other. <laughs> no, but there would be. Let's be real. Like they're the things that people, people would do. Probably getting yeah, wasted. They'd be partying. Murder would, would be not be the top of the list. Stealing money. Yeah. And no, they just want money so their lives are Maybe better. Maybe murder afterwards. like within the gangs. Like the gangs would be like, oh, I can get away with murdering the other gang tonight. But the majority. Yeah. Which to be fair, they yeah. kind of show. They kind of show. They, well, they start like to. the people aren't killing enough. It's just that one dude, Skeletor, who's probably on drugs already going out and killing people so let's send out our troops to drive it okay let's get to it let's get to it we get to it. <laughs> okay so we learn a bitty buff uh, guy he's got yeah it's big gang he turns up there's these three kings or three i'm gonna call them three kings that's what he initially calls them <laughs> who again aren't really in the movie very much they're seen that these three people have been on the island for ages and they've seen everything they're out in their deck chairs watching what's happening like i love how everyone is also like you get that lady in the hallway who comes up to the sister and it's like wow is it really happening tonight this whole like thing she's like yeah it is and he's like oh man i don't know <laughs> just like walks off like shaking her head just like it's like what the it's terrifying this is absolutely terrifying like everyone's no one would be sitting out in deck chairs if this was happening well but we just said no one would be killing so if we no, were under the but, impression that no one would be killing, people would be sitting down in deck chairs being like, no, but just can't that wait this to steal happened. my flat screen TV tonight. Just that your government was letting this happen. Look, I sit everything. outside and look at what's happening in our government right now. I was right, at the beach lot. yesterday <laughs> on the 4th of July, and then I went and saw a movie about America starting this crazy shit. 
People got to live their life is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, so we learn now that uh, Naya's brother, Isaiah, he's selling drugs. And then, yeah, Skeletor turns up and he pulls a razor from his tongue and then slashes him. And then starts this kind of weird sort of feud between the two of them, which I don't feel is any more personal than a random event, but apparently I guess has history. I don't know. All I have in my notes for that section is crazy man. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. And then I, I also, realized, oh, it's point, called Skeletor. Yeah, at this point I was unclear on if they knew each other and who knew each other. But then yeah, as no the idea. film went on, it seemed like it was this tiny little town where everybody knew everyone. Because at first yeah. I was like, this seems like a random interaction and this dude's just, he met with the wrong guy because he's on a lot of drugs yeah. and he's not thinking. And then it turns out everyone's like, oh yeah, no, that's Skeletor. Skeletor knows, knows that that's Isaiah. It's really weird. Yeah, we're not introduced very well to these characters. So then Beardy Boy, he's, he's worried about it all. He says that his group need to lay low, keep the product safe, and just basically stay out of, out of harm. One of his group wants to purge, so they beat him up. <laughs> basically um so you know because that's the best way to incite faith then sister comes home to find her brother's been cut up and she's all worried about it and then she finds out that he's been doing like drugs and that traces back to beardy boy who is my ex-boyfriend we're gonna learn he's at a basketball court that's going to be locked down and she goes to see him and i do like i have to say i do like the beardy boy you know clearly cares about her and clearly cares about her little brother uh, he didn't know that her little brother was working amongst his army of drug dealers somehow. He seems fairly on top of stuff. I feel like he would know, but he doesn't know. Yeah, and he's all heartbroken about this and wants to help them both. And she basically tells him to fuck off. So there is a nice sort of thing of her saying, like, you know, I miss the version of you that you used to be. And, you know, but this is, this is basically the only way that he found he could make something of himself. And this is the only character kind of, not even development, but character kind of history that is vaguely interesting to me is you know you do understand of like okay he's in a shitty situation he did what he could he's good at what he's doing and he's trying to do it in a familial you know he's trying to bring like ethics to what he's doing i guess in his own way i wrote down on this bit is this still a purge film because i thought this was quite nicely written and quite well acted and i was just it just seemed a little bit out of place because <laughs> it was a nice little Ste- scene between the two of them steady on steady on <laughs> i don't know if i'd say well, well i just written. it wasn't what i was expecting <laughs> <laughs> it was watchable. It was watchable. <laughs> My standards are far too low. <laughs> Clearly. Ali, ruling. What? You, you can have, what? You're the ruling. You're the ruling on this. I This whole process, even as I was writing my notes at the end of the film, which I'm trying not to say too much to, I guess we've already started and people can probably see where this is going. But I was just thinking... In comparison to the past films, my standards for acting are pretty low. (laughs) So coming into this, being excited that I saw Elon Noel, it's amazing how much that did for me and my opinion of this film yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) So that's... I mean, is he good in this compared to Insecure? Or were you like, oh... No, I still think he's a good actor in both. It wasn't like I didn't come in shocked and was like, wow, he's horrible. He should stick to just insecure. He's lucky to have it. Like, I thought he was good in both. I think he is good in both. But it's, yeah, my frustrations with this franchise, and again, I'll dive in deeper at the end of this podcast, are more to do with 
the behind the scenes team than it is to do with the acting versus the other ones. It's also the behind the scenes team yeah. as well as the actors don't pull it off. So to answer right, your question, right. I side with both of you. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Cut a pick. <sighs> All right. So then we find out that the brother, because of Skeletor, he's decided he's going to sign up for the purge or he's at least thinking about it. And there's this interesting thing here was introduced to do with the blue flowers that in the other purge films mean that you're a supporter of the purge, but please don't hurt my house, basically, right? <laughs> People put them outside. Um, but here it's like this, it's like the symbol that they have and they explain that in these are like the cameras and they're like the lens, the, uh, what do you call it? Contact lenses. And they have to wear. Now there's one hour to the purge. We get even more characters. So many fucking characters in these films. Now I don't know what to do with it. We just got like, <laughs> we got a mom and a daughter who are heading to this church, which is where Naya is, is keeping people with a priest to like wait out the purge because they don't know how bad it's going to be and they feel like well no one's going to go in the church surely that'll be a safe space i guess they're no barricades are they they're just hoping god will save them yeah yep. seems like a plan <laughs> <laughs> i thought like as soon as we met the mum, i thought she's totally gonna die totally gonna die but anyway <laughs> I was honestly just like, God, why, why so many characters? There was <laughs> so many. God, damn, I missed the first film just having one family in the house at this point. I'm like, by the time we got the second Purge film, I was excited to have more characters. Now I'm just so tired of like so many people because it means they never flesh out any of them properly. Yeah. No. It's like the problem with the first film was well, that they the didn't flesh them out are... properly in the first one either, really. No, or maybe we just hate the them all. Is that they're unlikable. <laughs> yeah, they're unlikable in the first film. And then these other films are likable characters, potentially. Yeah. But they just don't get to spend enough time with them. Well, even character yeah. names. Like, you leave the film only knowing about three of the characters' names because they barely speak to each other sometimes and actually say their names. So I literally only knew one name, and it was Dolores. And yeah. I barely knew who she was. Like, there's a bit, <laughs> I only know that because there's a bit where they're going, Where's Dolores? Where's Dolores? And I was like, Who the <laughs> fuck is Dolores? <laughs> <laughs> Her brother is in Brooklyn because uh, he's lying to her. But he's at home. He's got his gun. He's putting his contacts in. Wouldn't, surely you'd just sell this iTech, wouldn't you? Like, they're getting given these super fucking cool high-tech yeah. contact lenses. Just sell that. <laughs> You'll do fine. We'll get out of debt. They're giving you stuff. They're giving you cool tech. None of this makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of money that a government must have spent on tech and weapons and stuff. Like, war costs money. Particularly Secret Wars, if they're sending in militias and hiring militias, like we're going to find out later on that, oh, that wasn't a smart thing they did in one Purge film. No, this has been happening since day one of the fucking Purge. Which is just like, oh, how many times is this meant to be interesting that the government is hiring militias to pad the Purge, basically? But that costs loads of money. And they're trying to save money, aren't they? Yeah. Well, they say they're trying to save money. Are they really? Are they? They're they are white and evil. <laughs> they are white evil people. <laughs> uh, yeah all right so it gets the purge time drones now despite the fact we do not see drones in number one do they turn up in number two i think I we like see three. them in two and three I or is it just like, three i feel like it's only three maybe mm. it's just three yeah it's been too long now with lots um, of lights anyway, i remember they had lots of lights on them <laughs> i do yeah. like this idea like i like this thing of all right purges begin and happened and now it's like the, again the idea of this is it's cool it's like okay well what's gonna happen who's gonna do what first and it's sort of weird tension that you could build down this empty streets of like okay 
what now? And this stupid fucking thing that happens later when it finally does kick off. And Marisa Tomei's like, this doesn't make any sense. We predicted that people would purge immediately and then calm down later. It's like, huh? <laughs> you didn't predict that when you do something that's never been done before in history and lift all of the laws that maybe it would take people a little bit of time to work up the courage to go, oh, other people are doing it so I can actually do this. Yep. Like, how stupid <laughs> are these scientists? Yeah, but also I'm just not feeling the tension here. I feel like it could do, but you'll. But again, I, I wrote down here. Yeah, this is surely going to begin with theft. Theft everywhere, and I'm happy to see. Yeah, it does in the end. But before we get to that, we have got Skeletor. He's got purple eyes and needle hands. Well, he's kind of doing a Freddy Krueger. Is that ever explained? The needle hands? I don't. I didn't quite get that. He puts drugs. What does he put in there? I assumed it was drugs, know. just based off of yeah. who he is. But then I was also like, you can't just, if you punch someone with that, you then have to be like, oh, hold still. I'm going to squeeze each syringe. Like that doesn't, it doesn't just automatically leak into their body because they're full. Yeah, There's like a green liquid like, in them. <laughs> and then we don't see that actually affect anybody really or do anything. You see him punching people. I guess it's unclear which hands he's really using because one's a knife and one is three needles. But you don't see the drugs do anything. You don't seem to like inject people with these drugs and then take them no, away that's why it like, feels kind of like just tape knives to your hand dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> you wow. spend money on those drugs <laughs> he's just trying to get out there and maybe get everybody high maybe not for him maybe, maybe he injects him. himself but it's They're never explained that would, have been, that would have been a cool little twist like when he sees that party later if he just suddenly injects all four into himself or something to get amped up before he just like, goes running in like ah. <laughs> Okay, so her brother's walking around trying to find this skeletal guy, because that seems like a good idea. <laughs> and he finds all these toys lying everywhere that then are booby-trapped, all these cuddlies and stuff, which then, yeah, blow up with these crazy women. <laughs> Just... I got really excited when I saw them, because you see a shot of them first, of them walking down yeah. the street giggling with, like, grocery carts full of these toys. And I yeah. was so happy because I thought it was like these two mothers who can't afford toys for their kids who just went out and went like <laughs> ham stealing these toys. And I was like, yes, this is the movie I've been waiting for. And then later on, we see that, no, they're just fucking crazy and putting like explosives in them, which also are not allowed according to the rules. Yeah. Don't they the mention in the past there, though, in this one? Well, yeah, because yeah, they, they say class four and below. And in the oh, other films, they say that. no explosives are allowed. Yeah. Right, okay. Maybe this is the first one, and so they were like, oh, we can get away with it. What are they going to do? And even more annoyingly for me is that thing of escalation, because my worry here is we're going to start to purge, and we're going to be where we are at with the other films, that it's already this crazy Halloween where people dress up and do all, like, purgy things, and, yeah, have spent ages, like, bespoke making gimmicks and putting fucking fairy lights over cars. And we don't get that that much here, but we do get, yeah, this group of ladies who have booby-trapped all these cuddlies and set up all these things. Like, really? This is what <laughs> you're going to do? The first purge, you're not sure what's going to happen, and you're going to go to town on it. Like, this is not what you do for the first time. This is what you do, yeah, second or third time. Yeah. You know? The fact that that's the first thing we see here. Yeah, it's a kind of one of the more fun scenes, because it's very surreal with all these cuddlies everywhere that then start blowing up, but makes no sense. Makes no sense to me. And then he runs into a group of his friends who are his drug dealing friends who they're going to a purge party. And I like this because then you come back yeah. to like the government room and they're like, people are having parties? Yeah, they're like, there's actually several block parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Which is totally what would happen for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like, yeah, you can drink and do drugs I love that and just they like have that. sex in the street and do what you want to do. <laughs> I love that scene too. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. <laughs> um, here that we're introduced to the purge party though, Fast and Furious style, from a girl's butt upwards. <laughs> you notice that? It was totally a Fast and Furious style. I shot. think I'm so used to seeing that shot, I didn't even notice it until you just said it. <laughs> so they just pan on up. We had that in Texas Chainsaw too. We tried to have a counter. <laughs> uh, everyone already is already, even in 2014, and I don't remember in 2014 very clearly, but I'm pretty sure people weren't already this into neon and uh, masks, which and we're, it is, these purge films take place in some alternate universe where everyone just <laughs> loves neon, UV lights, and fucking masks so much. That it just kind of feels like a party, frat party. I do like, I have to say, like all of the people dressed up like animals and stuff and the girls like painted like tigers and things and it's kind of cool. And then, okay, so we've had this first kill, which has happened uh, with Skeletor killing, yeah, like you said, the guy at the ATM who's just trying to steal some money. And I got a laugh from my audience. <laughs> yeah, I'd us say. They're too. all laughing at this guy. So the government and then, well, people aren't killing enough, so let's leak this to the news. So basically people can see, oh, look, killing is happening. You can, you know, do what you want to do. Now, we're coming back to Beardy Buff Boy, who despite in the previous scene with the guy said, do you want some girls sent up to your room? He's like, nah, I don't need girls because he's clearly just still in love with his ex. A whole bunch of girls turn up to his yeah. house and he seems pretty chuffed about it. Yeah, he doesn't turn them away. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's like, All hey, right. good to see you. Let's do this. <laughs> so then the brother's looking for Skelly, who's totally doing a Freddy Krueger with those needle knives. He's like dragging him along a gate and stuff. <laughs> and he turns up to the block party. And then some girl just decides to basically do a strip dance for Skeletor. <laughs> Which you totally, totally would do, wouldn't you? You'd be, oh, he looks nice. <laughs> oh, he's got nice needles on his hands. To be fair, Ooh. they're probably yes. all on drugs. Oh, I see. That's, That's the excuse, fine. is it, Excuse Ellie? for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I still think there are many handsome men at that party. You, No one would go anywhere near him. That's just true. going... You just feel like if he breathes on you, you're going to get hepatitis or something. Like, he's oh. just... <laughs> He's a terrifying looking guy. That explains the needles. Yeah. That does explain there the we go. That's what I'm saying. Uh, then we get a very weird blackout edit, which was a strange post-production yeah. decision. Do you notice that? Yeah, I noticed it's, that. It's really weird. And this is just as the girls who have come to seduce Beardy Buff Boy are actually there to kill him. And the whole screen just sort of goes to dark. And then yeah. something comes up again. Yeah. Like, huh? <laughs> which I say that. But when people watch our film Starfish, they'll notice there's an edit like that in the film because we didn't have a shot that I needed. <laughs> so we don't say don't that. Don't give away it. your secret. It was an artistic decision. Come it became on. an artistic decision. Yes. It became. You convince yourself, oh yeah, I like that. That looks better than the shot would have looked. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it looks better than having a scene is just going to black for a few seconds. <laughs> Sound design is everything. <laughs> Uh, yeah alright so I'm not complaining now here's the thing Skelly starts just killing people at this frat party or whatever this, this um, block party now there are a lot of like as not in my mind but as this film is painting this part of New York most people are pretty dangerous or like there's plenty of drug dealers there's plenty of gangs you know would they not just kill him <laughs> Like, he is killing people, and there are literally dozens and dozens and dozens of people. Yeah, you could overpower him just easily. <laughs> yeah. You just take him down when you... I mean, there are people in that party who I'm sure would go, no, fuck this idiot, and yeah. we'll just fucking pound on him. 
But no, everyone runs away screaming from the yeah. one crazy guy with scars. <laughs> so stupid. What happens? Yeah, the brother, the brother goes to try and kill him, but he can't bring himself to because he's all nervous. So then he loses. Does he lose his gun here? I think he does. Yeah. And then runs away. And we cut to, to Marisa Tomei watching stuff that's happening. The government's getting all happier because, like, oh, stuff's actually happening now. Thank God we employed Skeletor. <laughs> and I just, yeah, I just write down Marisa Tomei. What are you doing? <laughs> what did, how did it come to this? She had that look on her face throughout the whole film, actually. She really oh, did. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? I need to change my agent. What is this? <laughs> I think my biggest fear as a director is if I'm lucky enough to ever work with someone who you've admired for decades, like Marisa uh, Tomei, is yeah. to then sit down at the premiere of your film and watch their face. Well, have to not go, be there. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I ain't going. <laughs> Thanks, yes. Oh boy! Like I don't know. Like I mean, for this series to have an Oscar winner, and I thought Ethan Hawke was pretty, pretty high esteem for a series like this, but <laughs> it's very upsetting. So the brother decides to hide to just the worst fucking places. He just runs to the dodgiest, dodgiest houses and like back alleys, rather than just going into one of these houses which everyone else is hiding in. And then his sister finds out that he's actually there because he, he, well, she rings him up, doesn't she? So, and he says, I'm not in Brooklyn. And she doesn't like blitz out. She immediately goes, all right, I'll come get you. He calls her. By herself. Or does he call her? Yeah. 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 Okay. When he's in trouble. But she just like goes off on her own. She doesn't like ask for help for anybody. She doesn't like plan anything. She just goes, right, let's go get him. <laughs> so we're really meant to believe they don't think anything bad is going to be happening on this night. They just think it's a little dangerous, but just wait it out. Yeah. <laughs> here we have one of my favorite scenes and definitely the audience they know whether to laugh or cry the baby head <laughs> or the pussy grabber motherfucker oh my god oh, yes i loved that line absolutely loved it <laughs> so we start hearing this sort of baby like is it talking or just laughing or what's it doing it's like it's crying yeah it's, it's crying. like baby crying that's what like stops by... her she hears a baby crying and she's like look it seems like she's looking around trying to find the baby that's crying and then the dude comes and it up could from be really the crate creepy, underneath it? Yeah. this moment. Because it, it's all like distorted and stuff, isn't it? So it sounds really strange. Um, and then he yeah. grabs her through a uh, manhole sort of thing and then <laughs> yeah. starts pulling her down. But just by her pussy. <laughs> just like grabbing Yeah, he like her pulls legs. her down by her legs. Her legs are like dipping into whatever hole he's in. And then he just like puts his hand on her vagina. It and was just bit- like a weird Bane mask, wasn't it? That he turned it into... Yeah, it has I the thought, little baby head over his mouth. Is, <laughs> I was hoping what we're seeing here is the origin of the doll that gets put onto the tank. Yes, it's Timmy! I was hoping it was going to be Timmy, Timmy from the original Purge. Oh and God. somewhere in this scene, we were going to see that doll Timmy! face get like scarred. <laughs> I wanted to see that doll face get scarred. And then at the end of the film, it gets like put on eBay and on we the- see some rich kid buying it. You know? Amazing. <laughs> no, no, no forethought here. Oh my God. I love though. Is that all this guy's intention is? He's not even going to rape people. He just wants to grab. I their just crotch. want to over the, over your jeans. <laughs> just into yeah, overclothed feeling. That's that's it. It's a little groping. I couldn't tell if he was like because he was kind of fumbling around. So I was like, maybe he's trying to take her pants off. But you really didn't look like it. He seems to have a good handle on stuff. He just wants a little squeeze. That's yeah, it. I couldn't figure <laughs> out what strange. what the intention was. Just were. a little squeeze. That's how I'm spending funnier, my purge. What's even funnier is like. What? Yeah, yeah, he hears about the purge. He thinks, you know what I'm gonna do? 
getting a manhole cover with a fucking baby doll strapped to my head with a weird tape recorder and then when girls run by (laughs) grab their legs do you think this was like their call out to the grab them by the pussy comment oh because it was really poorly executed if it was but it's i feel like that had to have influenced this scene Here's the honest truth. Yeah, I think that's the only reason it was in there. I think we need we need a, a pussy grabbing joke, and what would be quite funny to do. And that's why that's why they did yeah, it. Yeah. So we had election I, year last time, which was the, yeah the year when Trump got elected, but they couldn't have known everything that was going to happen. Obviously. Right. So this is the first time they could do any real commentary. James DeMonica wrote this. As we've talked about before, we're not convinced he's necessarily the most sophisticated with how much he really he's got good ideas, but doesn't really know what to do with them. I think, yeah, he's like, all right, I need to make up for the fact we didn't really do much political commentary last time. We'll do some in here, throw in some base things. I genuinely, genuinely don't think the director understood any of this stuff that was being dealt with. So then what you have is like him writing it, putting in not the most sophisticated stuff anyway, but at least there are a few nods that the director could have done more with. And instead the director's just like, all right, he's a pussy grabber motherfucker. Let's put him in the thing, grab the thing. Oh, they because need they, Jordan They could have Peele. had him in like a Trump mask or something. You know, I don't know. Yes. They couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <sighs> Terrible. All right. So then she's texting a bro and... Oh, he takes out his contacts. I was like, he takes out his contacts? I was like, on his phone? <laughs> no, he takes out <laughs> his eye contacts. <laughs> he finally realizes, well, people are going to see him when he's hiding because, yeah, those yeah, eyes glowing glow. eyes. Um, they look pretty they cool. They look really cool. Yeah. So these are cool. real. This must be real because there's no way they spent money doing CGI effects on all of these because there's so many of them. And How do like they real... do that though? It must just be real UV light contact lenses or something that when you shine the right light on them, they illuminate like that. Because at first I was like, wow, they're wasting so much money if they're going to use possible? these fucking lenses. Can you, can you, one of you Google it while I, yeah, I will. Next thing. Because honestly, there's so many in this film. Then again, they had 13 million, and I'll tell you what, I didn't see the money spent anywhere else other than Marisa Tomei's two-day <laughs> paycheck. So That's entirely what it was spent on. Contact lenses. <laughs> and they, they, they have different colours, don't they, as well? Yeah, so, they yeah, do. They're all different colours. Is that ever explained as to why they have them? Different no. Different colours? No, okay. Just to help us yeah, identify these different cool. characters. Yeah, exactly. So Skeletor grabs his sister, and then, now correct me if I'm wrong, slits her throat. Slits her throat! And it's never like... Yeah. What? <laughs> She's fine. This is strange. So then the, her brother stabs him and they just run. And yeah, she's fine for the rest of the movie. And we see a close up of him slitting. He definitely her slits more than is shown later. Because later on, once yeah. after they stab Skeletor, her, she has like a little cut kind of in the same area that his cut was in at the beginning. But it's still your throat. Yeah. yeah. When no, it's in like- the close up, it looks like he gets like pretty far across her throat. It's really well, you, really start, you, you start to see quite a lot of blood appear do. as he does it as well and it's like it just yeah, yeah. deep cut deep cut deep cut so meanwhile beardy buff boy is all pissed because these girls were sent by yeah different drug dealing gang to take him out so they could take out the competition on purge night so he basically comes up with a way to fold them he takes the girls and his gang and they set up a trap and and then yeah flat out murders this drug dealing guy and all of his crew. Lee, you look unhappy. <sighs> <laughs> I wrote earlier in the notes, as soon as I found out he was a dealer, I was just really disappointed. Like, the, the one kind of main character, we'll get into this later, obviously, but the one main character you're really supposed to be rooting for, he's really a horrible guy. And then you sort of see how he conducts business, as it were, in this scene, and you go, yeah, yeah I'm going to struggle to root for you. See, 
I kind of liked him more because of this stuff. Okay. But my problem is what I didn't like about him is that he's, yeah, like we were talking about earlier, like you have predominantly black people, they're all impoverished. The only one who can make any money is through drug dealing. Like it's so base, all of these views of what characters are. Yep. And then he just turns into an action hero. You know, he, he turns into the Punisher in a little bit. Because he, he can handle himself with a gun, can't he? He's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Because I think the way they get away with doing that is that they, like you mentioned earlier, Al, is that they are focusing on this one area and this one demographic. It's not like a humongous city. But I think it would have been cool in order to get us to like the character more, which, like, I was rooting for him because we do see that he has feelings and he cares about Naya and her family and he cares about other people. So it would have been cool to see that... Sure, he turned to drug dealing because his family needed money. He became successful, made a bunch of money. But then, like, have him help the community in return with that money instead. Or, like, do something like that to make it, to make us actually yeah. like him as a person and see that he's not horrible. No, again, yeah, adding complexion, like, adding yeah. complexity to these issues that these films could and should be dealing with. So yeah, like being like, you know, when he has an argument with her at the beginning, going, yeah, really? Well, this money is why we now have that school or why we have that, you yeah, know, like deuce. the extra yes. wing in the hospital or whatever bullshit. Exactly. It's like, you know, these bad things, pay, you know, I'm making it complicated like that. Um, where instead it's just like, no, this is just how you can make make money. Which maybe is I, more realistic. I don't know, but I couldn't find anything on the contact lenses. I just God see damn it. No, I couldn't find people talking on, about them in the reviews. Just saying how cool they are. Yes. Definitely. I mean, very visually cool. Again, though, yeah, they're really into those UV light stuff in this Purge <laughs> yeah. universe. Okay, so what's going on? Kills the rest of all, it kills all that crew. Then we got the sister and the brother going to get to the church. Yeah, and then they get jumped out by this guy who threatens them, and he just turns out to have a water pistol, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> I thought it was going to be acid. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Because there was obviously a spate of acid attacks like that, and I thought it was going to be something really horrific. And mm, thankfully, water pistol. thankfully not. Yeah. Just to crazy, pe- pe- crazy people. <laughs> crazy. So then as uh, uh, Buff Boy, Beardy Buff Boy is driving through with his crew, they get distracted by a couple who are fucking on the hood of a car. <laughs> Which was hilarious. There would be a lot more of this happening, wouldn't there? Yeah. Like, they, there was. I That's think what I'm was. saying. Yeah. This whole franchise needs dumb law-breaking citizens like have you ever been to san francisco on pride no i'm sure it's incredible literally jerking off out the windows and coming on the street and giving blowjobs <laughs> in public like it's literally literally that is happening like it's, oh my it's, God. it's like bunting everywhere it's crazy wow um i feel if there's a purge night it's gonna be crazier than pride in san francisco <laughs> you know it's gonna be insanity stuff is happening everywhere there would be you know human centipede action happening oh. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. that's uh, it's a nice image yeah thanks you're welcome anyway so they get distracted by this and then they get run off the road by one of the one of the series recurring tropes ali one of your favorites a burning vehicle yep. this time it's an ice cream van with the music playing <laughs> everything's on fire all the you time but you find it more funny when it's in the background with people inside screaming. Yeah. Because <laughs> you are fucked up. <laughs> uh, this is pretty cool, though. I mean, totally, you know it's going to happen. But, yeah, it's kind of cool. And then he wakes up to a gunfight that's happening. We get this really... Do you remember the shot? So he wakes up, he's upside down, and it's a typical upside down, and then the camera, like, flips around. Yeah. Did you notice how they did that? No. 
I'm going to say no. this arrogantly and then I might be contradicted by someone who knows about it later, but because I've only seen it once. But as I was watching it, I was like, this looks really like grainy. It looks like they've zoomed in on the image. Why would they do that? And then they do the flip thing and pull out. And I'm like, oh, it's because they didn't have they the rig to rotate the camera. The- <laughs> so what they did was they did a wide shot of it because if you're going to flip it, you need to fill the frame all the way around on a you know yeah. thin frame for Cinemascope. So they zoomed in and then started flipping it. And then as they're flipping it, they pull out. So you end on the actual frame, which was just like that's the right hilarious. Way. I'm almost 100 percent sure that's what they did because it did not none about nothing about that was right. I'm <laughs> not good at noticing that's the brilliant. technical stuff like that, so it didn't occur to me that it looked off. Which I mean, you know, fair enough. Like if it looks fine, it looks fine. So you know, whatever. But again, just things like have that idea before you shoot it, <laughs> not when you get the post. <laughs> So then the sister and the brother get back to the church and they are there just in time to see a whole bunch of white supremacists like leaving the church, supposedly having killed almost everybody or supposedly at that point everyone. Uh, But of course their friends are fine because why wouldn't they be? Um, And they're all panicky because like where's Dolores? And as I said earlier, I was just like, who the fuck is Dolores? And I have written down. (laughs) Why am I going to care about this person? Are we meant to take it that these ones are real white supremacists or are these white supremacists meant to be these gangs dressed up, you know, to do the government's work? I think I thought it was to do the government's work. Yeah, I thought they were one of the groups that were shipped in. Interesting. That's the impression I got. Because I, I, they were the only, because it's more interesting to me if it's like mixed up because that means there's nothing. There's nothing really happening on this first purge night. It isn't government work. Oh, yeah, because they trace them back, don't they, later? So they definitely are government, aren't they? Because they trace their vehicles back to where they came from and they identify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is frustrating to me because I do feel white supremacist. There's, again, there's something you could talk about and for sure in the current climate, you know, something like that. They would turn up like tourists. They'd be like the first tourists, basically, to do a purge. Well, and you've had people going in and shooting up predominantly black churches and things. Yep. So it's, it's, it's all linked to real life, yeah. Yeah. really. Again, so much that it could be saying. So much. So much. So they decide to head back to her apartment. Now, this is in the block, right? That they said, we know this has been a success if this block participates. Correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. Excellent. So then, yeah, so Beardy Buff Boy and his group, they're finding these tattoos. And luckily, one of his henchmen, his top dog, knows, oh, these tattoos mean blah, blah, blah from military or from some like militia or whatever. It knows all about it. <laughs> So they figure out immediately what's happening here and that the government's hiring in these people to come in and, and basically get the purge going and get some culling happening. Um, and at the same time, Marisa Tomei figures out what happened because, yeah, they trace back where these vans came from. And it's then, she, then we have the great line, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely fine with everything that happened up until this point. Oh, really? And now I know. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. You were, she, like, yeah. You. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, then you need a fucking medical check, buddy. Like, <laughs> this was the moment that pushed it for you, Lee, too far. I did. Uh, yeah, no, she far. was fine until that moment. When she's like, oh, it's not them killing each other. It's us killing them. Not cool. Not How, cool. This is no longer a scientific study. They also, exactly. at one point when he realizes that someone either, I don't even know how he knows but he's he basically says, "Oh, we have a break in," and it's. Her- I was confused about what that meant because it didn't seem hard for her to get up there. She just like ended up there in the office and was like, "Oh, could you show me this footage?" And the girl working was like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, you have power. And then he's like, "We have had a break in." It's like one. Yeah. How do you know? Two. I was thinking this was from like an outer 
power. I don't know. It was very strange. Yeah, because why was why was this random worker showing her the stuff if yeah, she wasn't if she supposed she to see didn't it? Ha- it's, it's, like, it's all very weird. <laughs> made no I sense. Can't overthink this film. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the only representative, like this guy, this yeah. one fucking dick. It's like yeah. this is a huge deal, and then the government's relying upon this and they invested a lot of money. They would have more people. There'd be more people making sure everything runs smoothly. But no, it's all down to chief of staff guy mr sabian and that's it absolutely yeah and i just hate his face i'm sorry i just (laughs) (laughs) he's just got one of those faces where you're like you were never meant to be in real films like you're just like no he does it's just like there's nothing charismatic about him there's nothing like his acting's not good he can't carry a shot just by like look he just it's just so dull like in every aspect of how he is on screen it's just you're not meant to be in movies. I'm sorry. Say how you really <laughs> feel, Al. How can you be really going to stand up for this guy? No. Well, okay. No. no fine. <laughs> I just I didn't think that about him. I didn't not think how dare you have an acting career. Yeah, not That's based not on his physical attributes. <laughs> well, no, but it's like judging it's a book by part- its cover. It's. <laughs> it's all part of the package you're selling as an actor and everything about him does not work in a cinema screen like he has the charisma of someone who should maybe be in a straight to dvd sequel or a horror movie not one that's going to a cinema screen and this is a problem with these films is like so many of the actors like the guy that you're saying you you like from uh insecure he's fine but his character the way he's styled the way they push yep. his his acting his dialogue it's straight to dvd stuff like none of this is good like it's and but you can see maybe he can do more with other material you know whereas this guy it's like no no <laughs> this guy you don't just pack it up and go home you know don't just give up and particularly since all of his scenes are against marisa tomei who even phoning it in like she is <laughs> is you know putting him to shame Anyway, uh, so Beardy Buff Boy, he finds... Is it one of the kings is dead? Is that what he finds on the floor? I was a bit confused with this. I thought it was one of the guy that had... From his group that had said he wanted to go out and purge and he basically threatened and said, you will not. I thought he went out there and realized that some of their crew went out to purge anyway and got killed. Right, okay. Because I thought when we go to that supermarket later, we only see two of the three kings. That's why I I got really confused. I don't know. Because the kings were older. Yeah. This was like a younger yeah. guy. I don't know. Again, there's too many characters. It's hard to keep track of things. But yeah, this is the moment where he decides, you know what? We want to fight. We want to like save our town, uh, take down what's going on. We get a little, uh, we have to have a montage in each film of crazy things happening. We only get three things. We get some KKKs and we get some flamethrowers and then gimp police. <laughs> like, do you notice these guys? I don't, I don't remember that at all. They just suddenly cut to these like police in like armor, and then they sort of have these gimp masks on. Do you not remember this? I don't remember that. I think you've just imagined this. <laughs> it really, it was so weird. It was so weird. And again, I'm like, really? This is first purge. This is what they decide to do. I mean, to be fair, this did look a bit like San Francisco on Pride Night. This was like kind of like <laughs> <laughs> very strange. So then they're almost home. I have written down they avoid one fucker, but I don't remember. Who <laughs> what one idiot fucker? is they avoid? Yeah, as in they avoid one idiot. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Can't remember. There's two hours left of the purge, and then we get finally this line from her friend. It's when they get to her apartment, and her friend says, You know what? I'm worried 
about this country. <laughs> I wrote that down as well. Now? Yeah. Now you are? <laughs> oh, shit, something's happening. Really? Oh, I'm really worried. The government really lifted worried all now. laws, allowed people to murder you, and then they sent in militia <laughs> to take you down. You're like, oh, I'm mildly concerned about what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is where I wrote down, I wish this was over. <laughs> but it was not. <laughs> it was not over. Because uh, Beardy Boy wants to protect, so we've got to see some kick-ass action. We get some slow-mo here for, I think, the first time in a movie. This director does not love slow-mo as, as much as, as James DeMonaco. Lee, you've, con- you've, you've been pretty mean about the slow-mo before. How do you feel here? You happy things are more in 24 frames? I'm much happier. Much, much happier. <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe the director couldn't find the slow-mo button on the camera. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> He's just a bit confused. There is, there's very little slow-mo in this film. And very little sort of stylized music as well. It does lack that kind of sort of yeah, music video feel that the previous films have had. And then, out of nowhere, Marisa Tomei is just killed. We just get CCTV footage of someone who I'm not even convinced was her. It, it, was, it was totally not <laughs> no. her. It, did, it didn't look like her. It was someone in a wig. This was, she only gave oh, them two days of filming. Up. Yeah, honestly, I think she had two days <laughs> of go. filming. They ran out of footage. They're like, oh shit, we have more stuff we meant to film with her. <laughs> no, because this is so weird, right? There's another scene missing surely from the script like this is not yeah they don't show her getting taken out or anything there's no confrontation there's no like speech from her Mm -mm. like her character is like which is built up to be a main character the originator of the purge she's called the architect in the imdp just oh suddenly you're like what oh she's dead i didn't even know it to the end of the scene i was like oh what (laughs) that's the end for marisa tomei it's some fuzzy cctv footage of the government taking her out bewildering Absolutely bewildering. And then Dolores turns up and I'm like, oh, there she is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're at the supermarket, which I'm waiting the whole time. I'm waiting for some crossover. You know, I'm waiting for some of these other characters, at least one character from one of the other films to show up. No one does, do they? I don't, I didn't miss it. There's no like nod. We get a little voiceover at the very end of someone from the first film. Okay. Okay. Let's get to that. So we get two kings. I can count three. But maybe there was the third one there. They're in their store having this gunfight against what seems to be the KKK, but it's probably the government we're learning. And then smoke grenades come in and Beardy Gang comes through and kicks some fucking ass with CGI blood going everywhere. This looks kind of cool. This was cool imagery coming through the smoke, I felt. Again, yeah. is that, are those allowed? Smoke grenades are <laughs> allowed, yeah, yeah. Smoke grenades will definitely be allowed. Are yeah. they? Okay. Because they're not explosives or anything. Like flashbangs and smoke grenades, they're like, you know, they don't harm people. Unless they get in your eyeballs. It mm. looked really cool, but like realistically, fighting in that smoke and actually aiming at people and killing the correct people and not your fellow gang members and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Makes no sense. But it looked really cool. At least I believe them more than the supermarket gang in part three who just suddenly start kicking ass out of nowhere. And they're like, I don't even know yes. if you've <laughs> ever been in combat. Whereas this gang is like, yeah, they've been training. They can do yeah. some stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, the blood, uh, the CGI blood looked awful. Yeah. So, so bad. <laughs> yeah. So, so bad. So then they hear that the government are heading off to the tower block, the drones that are following them, and then the drones start shooting at them, and his friend saves him by pushing him underneath the car. Biddy Buff Boy is mm. he's okay. But everyone else seems to get killed by these drones, and then in a weird editing mis- decision, they have Biddy Buff Boy crawl out from under the car immediately. The drones are still there, just finished shooting and they people. Fly away. They look at him. They show the drones, look at him, and then fly away and leave him. And fly away. 
All you need to do is reverse those two shots, and that scene makes sense. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Have them fly away, then he comes yeah. out. And then he crawls out. Uh, I also, <laughs> why are these drones able to shoot, but the drones in the third movie don't shoot? Because they want to be making a sequel, Ali. They don't want to be making a sequel. They're not interested <laughs> in anything to do with the pedigree or the heritage. They just want to be making a sequel. This is so stupid. It's so stupid. And then what's even more stupid is he goes over to his friend. And he's like, oh my God, we're going to get to a hospital. He starts ripping his shirt off because, you know, that's what you do. <laughs> Gets down to his white tank top so he looks like McLean from Die Hard. And yeah. then he's like, we've got to help you. He's like, no, you have to go save the others in the power. And he's like, all right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> leaves him and he's just sitting there like and then we see him later at the end of the film and he's fine he's completely fine he's just walking around he's like oh time really does heal all wounds <laughs> <laughs> i have to say and this is not a sophisticated comment it i had not realized just how buff he is until he took his shirt off <laughs> I know, like, you can tell he's got broad shoulders, but, like, his arms are covered up pretty much this whole time. And then he takes his shirt off, and I was like, oh. He is a I all, I, all I wrote down was, oh, my God, arms. <laughs> <laughs> his arms are huge. You see them in his open, when he's, he's on the so running big. machine. Like, he's a big this fucker This is there. very different, though. This is very different. He's all oiled I, up. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I didn't notice it as much there. Yeah. I don't know. He's it's, a big dude. It's distracting for me in a different way, because I just, again, with these films, they're... <laughs> creating characters that just none of them seem real like i see him and it's like he's not a real person like this is not <laughs> I, this is not a real drug dealer and it's like it's just none of this makes sense to me you know uh, he's an action yeah. fucking hero who should be in a superhero film he should not be in this movie and, in the purge and i do miss like a thing i did like about that first film is like they were they did just seem like normal people fumbling yeah. through a bad situation trying to f yeah this I'm sorry, the sergeant is not a normal person. No, I agree. No, I agree. But I have fun with him. The other characters. I'm just getting tired of it by now. <laughs> oh, and I should say, sorry, during that whole ridiculous thing with his friend saying, no, you go. And he's like, all right. He fist bumps his dying friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're dying. This is, this is as much affection as I can show you. And then he, poses, and then you, he poses for a second with his gun. He's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this. So he goes running in, he kills a bunch of them. They do this like single shot with the fight in the stairwell, which is meant to be a single shot, but then there's a terrible edit, like very obvious edit in there when he gets thrown downstairs. Um, but it's yeah. kind of cool, I guess, in comparison. I to liked it. I thought it was a good fight scene. And I like the, the end of the fight scene where he's sort of choking him. Yeah, I kind of like that, that he uh, really yeah. was on the choking and you see the guy's yeah. face. And the snap. And he's wearing, I mean, do you notice what he's wearing? These, these, the guy, the guy's choking out. I, no, what was I he don't wearing? know the correct way to say these words, but he's wearing a mask, which is fashioned after the classic black, you know, like the toys the white people used to have, like way back when. It's black oh. with the white eyes and the white, you know, smile. I'm yeah, not allowed yeah, yeah. to say the words that they used to call them back then, because that's yeah. usually inappropriate. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But that's what he's wearing. It's like the one of the most racist motifs you could possibly imagine. <gasps> Didn't even notice that. And I was very like, okay, you're really hitting you're really hammering us over the head with this right now um, yeah well what's frustrating is that if they're going to commit to making it that kind of film like you could make it fucking awesome if you got a really really smart team of writers on to pull yes. that off to really yeah. like shock people in the right way and make a bold statement versus this 
is just like balancing. It's the same as like the last two films. It's just balancing the like kind of making a statement by doing these things and then like a, a silly horror film. It needs yeah, to be, it needs to, like this concept does not handle the like silly horror film tropes well. I think it either needs to be super sophisticated, really smart team of writers or just stupid, just like fucking hilarious and dumb. Yeah. It doesn't walk the middle line well at all. This is the problem though, isn't it? It's because, yeah, like you're absolutely right. Like if you think of this film being handled by the creators behind Get Out or something like that, um, oh, it so could be an better. astonishingly yeah. different thing. And the problem is, is this movie, with disregard to whether we personally feel the creators behind it are smart enough to know what they're writing or not, but let's just call out. They're not. They're not smart enough because they've proven that they're not now four times. But the problem is exactly what you're saying. It's like, okay, you look at this is, this is B-movie horror and B-movie action territory a straight to dvd feel for both of those and the problem with it is that you watch those films and you're like oh why didn't they at least have some ambition to be fair these sort of have ambition like they sort of want to be doing something but again i don't believe anyone gave the memo to the director like i really don't like it <laughs> it's like at least with the previous three i did feel like james DeMonico. he doesn't have many minutiae ideas he doesn't know how to write things in an interesting or believable way and he has no real skill as a director to make things, you know, really working in impressive visuals. But he had some passion in there, you know? Like, he gave a shit a little bit about what he was trying to do, you know? Um, and unfortunately, like you're saying, it's mixed in with other influences. He wants to make Escape from New York all the time. And even more with this film, which he's not even directing, because this film, just like Escape from New York, is set on one island in New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Escape from New York is a fun, dumb, 80s action movie so either do that or say something and yeah. neither's happening here but i agree with you lee like this is the best action in a movie of uh, these sequences which isn't saying much but the stairwell sequence is okay and then the beardy guy turns off all the lights and we get this weird flashing white light which i have no idea what that would be it's the fire alarm okay is that how they work they not I haven't seen that in any like residences, but in my schools growing up, they had a, a light that would flash with every sound. Okay. Well, that would be annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's so horrible. <laughs> um, but that I've never seen it in like an apartment complex. But then I, I guess I've never had... Actually, no. I lived in a place that had issues with their piping and the fire alarm would go off like four times a night and we did have lights. Okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> well, I wrote down here an idea at last. Because uh, we have yes. a visual idea here, and yeah, it is, you know, yeah. it's a rote one. It's been done many, many times before, but it's one that works well when you shoot it well. They shoot it decently enough here. It's like dark, and then you get a flashing light, and you get to see some action, and dark, and then a flashing light, and you're somewhere else. They don't use it to the best of its abilities, but it's, you know, it's the most visually interesting thing we've had in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then we get the... Si meanwhile, okay, so the sister, the brother, Dolores and is the mother and the daughter still there or is it just those three at this point i forget I mother and the daughter yeah they're, they're all there so they're, they're all there. in her apartment yeah. and they know they've been told basically about a boyfriend or ex-boyfriend all right these guys are going to be working up floor by floor you're on floor 14 so we need to is hide we're getting to the end of the purge anyway and i'm coming for you um so they're in this room hiding they're putting like mattresses and things against the door and then they've they've got a gun and they're asking how do you know how to use it so they're old boyfriend so yeah, we get like uh, some of the government people, militia or whatever, come in and the sister and brother kill a couple of them. This is pretty vicious. Again, CGI blood, but pretty nasty. She like shoots out the ankles and then the brother and uh, Dolores yeah. are just like stabbing them in the necks. 
They really yeah. go for it, don't they? Yeah. Stabby it stabby. Was, we everyone in our in my theater was like kind of laughing at this, mostly because yeah. Dolores is a funny character and she's been making funny comments this whole time. Oh, has she so though? she has just she? like goes ham on this character. Like she's just stabbing over and over again. Like clearly she's <laughs> never killed someone before and like doesn't know what it would entail. So I thought it was funny. Other people in my theater were also laughing. Maybe it was because it was really dumb. Maybe it's because they were like, oh, you've never killed someone before. So, you, of course, you would just like stab a million times to make sure they were actually dead. I like the stabby stabby. I like that. Yeah, it follows through with something and we get a little bit of more horror back into this. Yeah. But yeah, I, I hate the Dolores characters in these films. I hate it. I hate these token. You've always got to be fat. Or you've got to be like, you know, an ethnic minority and you're going to be the funny one here who just says stupid, inappropriate, completely uncontextual things all the time. I hate these characters so much. So <laughs> Dolores, I was secretly hoping, was going to swiftly get lost again because um, I just realized who she was and I was like, oh, I wish <laughs> I wish she would. I don't me. actually know how or why she made it back to their apartment. No. Oh, wait, no, she does live there. I forgot. Oh, okay. She's in the very beginning of the film because at first I was like, why are you showing up there? So they got one explosive that they're trying to figure out how to use and then someone's pulling out an RPG, which is a bad idea in a apartment block. Don't use an it's RPG not down a, a corridor. Idea, is it? Let's be honest. No, you're all going to die. But then Twist Skeletor comes in and sort of rescues them by killing the government people. How, how, how does he find him? How does he find... That does not make sense in any way, shape or form. No. He's Skeletor. Uh, he, knows, he knows. He knows all, all things. So yeah. Beardy buff boy, he gets shot. Gut, not shoulder. A, a change for this series. Mm. Yes. So it's clear he's not going to die. And then they throw the explosive down and he starts shooting at it and then, yeah, blows blows up all of the government people. And this, uh, we haven't really mentioned him, but there's like one leader of the militia who's very blonde and Aryan kind of looking. It, Nazi general style, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he didn't have That's the tattoos on his for. face, but he looked, yeah. Mm. Yeah, like the last film. Yeah. But it's, it's all cool because they get saved by magic mattress and magic cupboard. <laughs> Which... <laughs> that mattress is like light, lightly singed on one side. <laughs> yeah. You could still yeah. use it. Yeah. It's a little crisp. Um, and then the sirens go off. Purge is over. We're outside. Beardy's buff boy's friend is completely fine. They're walking down the street with him somehow leading everyone. Dolores is going, yeah, this is like the, the whatever dog of the whatever. I don't know. Give him some call. She's like, yeah, like when she's talking about Beanie Puff Boy. I can't remember. She's got some nickname for him. Like he's like the fucking protecting dog of the of our area. Uh. I'm like, oh, it's just. Oh. Oh. And everyone just knows to fall. Let's all just walk slowly in one direction down the street for no reason. I don't know where they're yeah, all going. He's like, he's like, no, 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 I'll be fine. It's like, mate, you've been shot yeah. in the stomach. Look at you. I guess she's like, nah, him and Punisher right. together for a movie. They're just invincible. <laughs> invincible boys. Get them versus each other in a movie. Oh. Give us some conflict. And then we, we end, the first time at least, on the American flag. Of course. Why wouldn't At half-mast. It was, wasn't it? The queen is out. Yeah. Yeah, it was half-mast. Multiple people in my theater like gasped at that. No, really? Right. Hang on. All the violence and everything else they've seen. Oh, no, it's a flag at half-mast. Oh, dear. Well, it's the 4th of July, but maybe man. not from offense. You just mean, oh, they were making a political point. So, <gasps> oh, that's what they meant. <gasps> I think it's genuine. A lot of people Gasp. watch this and go, yeah, purge, purge. <laughs> they yeah. just think it's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's all like, you know, in, in, you know, trying to be um, promoting for guns and, and stuff and right wing ethical ideals. So they get to the end of half mile and say, what? 
everything looked great so far. Um, all right, so then we do get two coders. We get the NFFA saying they're considering a nationwide purge. Is this what you're saying you heard a voice, Ali? Yes, from previous films. What was it? I don't know if it... Because they have a couple of like kind of po- almost post-credits mm-hmm. scenes that kind of intercut the credits. So I don't know if it was in this first one or if it was in the second one, but it's the mom from the first film saying, just remember all the good The Purge does. Oh, really? Oh, mm. yeah, yeah. That might be in the next one then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think that's in the next one. Because there's a second, yeah. Because you get this one, which is context for, yeah, they're saying they're considering a nationwide purge because it all went so well. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean not in to, one year maybe to as go soon from as that next to the whole year. country. And not to overthink it, but what are they showing to the public? What is the rest of America seeing other than a load of KKK people, people and clearly militia moving floor yeah. by floor for a flat murdering people? <laughs> That's what I also didn't understand because they kept, is this not the tower or one of the towers that they kept saying, if yeah. these people participate. They don't, they got so, killed. Yeah, that's what I'm like, do they, does the government, like surely they're smart enough to realize if we go floor by floor and kill every single person in here, does that not raise a red flag? They're not like, smart enough to know what the word participate means, so no. It makes no sense. No, it makes no. Nothing I about also, this movie makes any sense, <laughs> Ali. I also... <laughs> That's the tagline. Other than person. why it got made, because somehow they keep making money. I thought the song, because they kind of bef- either... It's why it's before they show the flag, because the song starts as where you kind of see the characters all walking out in victory. The Kendrick Lamar song. Oh, was it? The We, we gonna be all right. All right. <laughs> That song, right? I'm so surprised like, he agreed to have it, his film in that, uh, his um, his song his in song. his film. This the way the song starts and with the lyrics, I was like, this doesn't fit at all. No. And it's like playing over the newscaster saying, like, oh yeah, it was We're a big do- success. <laughs> like, let's. But they start the song as if it's like a victorious song for the characters that we've been rooting for, who are basically like our our country is fucked because they know that it was the government and then they play this song saying we're gonna be all right like no that's not what they're saying at all they again just i don't think the director knows what night. they're saying i think the director has no idea no clue he doesn't know the words we're gonna be all right no but i think maybe he thinks they are gonna be all right i'm saying i don't think the director has any aye, clue aye, aye. anything that this film is trying to potentially say <laughs> from what james demonico uh was, was going with and then um, What's worse is we then leave that, we then get another post-credit scene or mid-credit scene, which seems like, oh, is this going to be an in-film advert for the next Purge, like how they're trying to then sell it to the public? But no, this is an advert yeah. for the Purge TV show, which is coming out in September, isn't it? September, I think. <laughs> which is kind of done, yeah, like a real-world advert for, you know, go and get ready for your Purge. Ten episodes, TV show. We're going to be talking next episode about how we're going to be dealing with that, but we are going to have to deal with that. So we are going to be getting the purge out of retirement (laughs) in just a couple of months' time. And this is a reoccurring theme for us because, okay, spoilers for what our next series is going to be, but we're going to be doing Scream next. There is a TV show with that, which I'm having to watch right now. We won't be covering it in depth, but we will be talking about it. And then we've just been hearing Child's Play is having a TV show that is an official follow on from all of the films which is done by our dear friend Don Mancini however now as of this week they've just announced that there's also going to be a child's play <laughs> reboot from the makers of it 
And that's going to have, for the first time ever in Child's Play history, brand new talent involved. So not written by Don Mancini, not directed by him. Whole new people, whole new take on Chucky. So we got a lot of TV to talk about in these shows. And I don't, I'm pretty excited about that one. I'm Yeah, I'm excited. And also, well, we'll get to it. But yeah, I'm also very sad for Don Mancini because <laughs> he, God bless him. He does do something different with every film. So and yeah. he's managed to keep hold of it this I, long. The more I think about the past franchises I've done, the less I like Chucky. <laughs> you like really? You like just because I I think it's just the concept. Like I just don't buy a doll coming to life and kill. Like it just doesn't. There are so many ways you could defeat a doll. So the more I think about it, the less real it feels. So it I, I'm happy that it's the team who did it, which was it's the most the more recent one, yeah, right? Yeah. The new yeah, yeah, don't worry. It's not the 90s. I loved. I loved the newer one, and so I love that it's a new team, and I love that it's from a movie that I thought was really awesome. So I'm excited for it. It'll still be a doll, but there we'll will see. be a doll. Really, I mean, so when you look back on the franchises you've done, which have been a lot now, you prefer Texas Chainsaw Massacre to Charles Play? Yes, which is oh shocking. My God. That is shocking. But I, I look at the two and I'm like, no, I'd rather a, the idea of a person doing this is way scarier than a doll coming to life because I just sure. I don't buy it. But I don't know how scary Child's Play is really meant to be. I think it's more fun at this point. But yeah, but go listen to our Child's Play series to find out our feelings <laughs> on all of the previous Child's Play films. All right. And that is the first Pudge done and dusted. Like I say, it gets a 5.4 at the moment on the IMDb. The first film got 5.7. The second film got a 6.5 and the third film got a 6. So this is the lowest rated, but they're all in roughly the same region. They're not that far off from each other. Under like the 0.9 marks. So, guys, we did it. We got to the end of the Purge movies. We did it. <laughs> it's been our shortest series that we've ever covered on the Weird Geeks Horror Channel. And yet, in many ways, feels like the longest. That's a complete lie. Hellraiser totally felt like the longest. <laughs> but what I want to know is how much did you guys enjoy it? And... What do you want to happen next? Because the question is, we know there's a TV show, so let's not even talk about that. But if if they bring back movies as well as TV, which they could do. I mean, they're doing it with Charles Play, it looks like, which is yeah. going to be confusing. So what do you want? Like, where do they go from here? Let's start with you, Lee. Uh, where do I want them to go from here? Well, no, no, first of all, do you like the film or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the film? I, well, <laughs> I left actually feeling like it was my favorite Ooh. and then actually to, yeah and then talking through it <laughs> i'm not sure anymore don't be swayed i am by very happy opinion. you said that because i was struggling with the same thing like i came into this thing like i kind of liked it it wasn't that bad <laughs> i just i i don't know if it felt like it was better written and then i and then i obviously found out earlier on that it's written by the same guy so i thought <laughs> fuck clearly <laughs> <laughs> clearly i'm mistaken and then i thought and then i looked who the director was and i thought okay maybe it's because it's you know we've got a black director we've got a mainly uh you know it's people of color in in the cast mainly and and so maybe they've had some sway in the direction and and the writing but clearly from what you're saying about the director he's maybe not all there so i can't <laughs> put it down to that don't take my word for that okay <laughs> i'm just if you, came, if you, came, out liking it, then you came out liking it like you don't need to find came, reasons it, 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 it felt like it was it felt more expensive not just because it's a slightly higher budget but it felt like they kind of got into the swing of what they were doing it didn't look so cheap i liked some of the i was gonna say nods to the more political stuff but it's more kind of baseball back to the head 
kind of political stuff, they started to experiment and look at that and like <laughs> stupid stuff like the pussy grabbing and the flag being a half mast. I kind of like appreciated that and the talk of <laughs> you appreciated KKK the pussy and grabbing. And I, well, you know, it's the only time you'll hear me say that. But yeah, KKK and, and talks of kind of Russian involvement and all this kind of stuff. I kind of I, that's what I wanted them to do. I wanted them to do that from the start, really. Well, technically, this um, is the start. It is the start. It is the start. Could we, yeah, we'll just pretend that this is not a prequel. <laughs> it's just actually the first film in the franchise. But um, but generally, I liked it. Okay. All right. I mean, okay. What can I say? What I didn't like? Yeah. Though? No. Please. And I've already said it. I I I felt like it was quite a racist film in many ways. Maybe not racist. It's probably not the right word to use. But I just I, I I'm. It's such a shame. You've got like as I say, like a. A mainly black cast and people from different backgrounds and yet they all kind of seem to fit into the typical stereotypes that you would assume and i and and, and like you were saying they could have maybe twisted dimitri to be a more likable character and slightly different character by making the best of a bad situation and taking this money and plowing it into the community and and done things like that with it yeah. but but they didn't they didn't <laughs> and that's the fault of the writers so and all right so uh, we'll get to it next week and exactly placing these films in order. But at the moment, it's one of your favorites in in the series. What do you want then? How do they follow? How do they follow on from this masterpiece, Lee? Where do they go next? I feel like I'm going to be repeating myself because I say it's every bloody podcast. I want I want a proper team who can actually do justice to this idea, which while batshit insane, is actually quite interesting. Yeah, like like you're saying, get the team from Get Out or something like that. Someone someone who's actually got some some interesting things to say politically and a bit of intelligence to say them in a proper way. That's what I want. A proper team that can do justice to it. Get rid of, get rid of whatever that guy's name is who's involved in every bloody film James and get someone Monica. proper in. Get rid of him. <laughs> and involved with the TV show. That's why he's not here directing yeah, again. He's, he's off directing and show running that first episode of the TV show. So expect more of the same when we get there. Wow. More UV. Great idea. Bad execution. Okay. All right. Ali. Once again. <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like I'm going to be repeating myself a lot as well, but I, Lee, I'm kind of with you because I left the theater and immediately texted Sean and was like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And I think <laughs> as we talked through it today, and even as I, as I like woke up this morning and started thinking about it, I was trying to kind of like start placing them in order of like which film I liked most, which is kind of when I started realizing that this is just another purge film like it is the exact same structure of all the other films where we are introduced to our lead characters we know who we're supposed to like and then we follow them as they try to avoid being involved in the purge but somehow get involved in the purge and so this morning i kind of started realizing like that's annoying that they did the same thing but i think it just i honestly think the reason i left liking it more than the third one is because the acting was better and I think I got excited when yeah. I saw Elon Noel. I think he's good. And I, like Al, you were saying earlier, you like Sargent's character. You have fun with that. I don't. It like really bothers me, actually. Mostly <laughs> in, it actually, his character bothers me more in the second film than it does in the third. Because in the second film, he's literally just carrying everybody on his back. And I do not buy that at all. Like there is not a single person in the world who could keep all of those people alive in the face of like 30 to 50 people like there's just no fucking way and it drives me crazy when they're like look at this man he was in the military he's powerful and then you just buy it versus this character's and in the third film they like they help him out by 
showing weaknesses and other people save him appreciate that a lot more so with this character dimitri i liked that more immediately and it helped that he was a better actor (laughs) so it was like following it was the same film it was the same structure just with an actor that i liked more therefore i left feeling like oh that was nice (laughs) that was better i guess (laughs) but as we it's still like as we talk about this and i've i think we've all probably been saying the same thing since the first one is like (laughs) it's such a cool concept they need to do something smart with it they like they can't this middle ground it like this film does not and should not live there it's such a cool idea either go batshit crazy with it and just like (laughs) make it hilarious and so stupid or get like really really intelligent writers yeah i don't know i (laughs) i also think this is one thing i wanted to bring up in this film they obviously use the n-word a lot amongst their community yes in the past film they try to but they dance around it which almost feels more offensive Yeah. When it's said like that. And then I also like, as I have these thoughts in my head, I'm like, well, do I have any right to decide if that's more offensive or not? Like not being a black person? I don't know. But I, I feel weirder seeing people on screen trying to dance around it, but still use language like that versus them just like actually doing it. It's whether the usage feels normal natural. and natural yeah. to that person, isn't it? If it yeah. feels forced, then I'm like, yeah. don't say that word then. Don't do that. Yeah. And it kind of, in in Insecure also, they use the N-word a lot. And she even, Issa, the main girl, who's also the main, who's the writer and creator of the show, wears a shirt that says it on her shirt. (laughs) And I was kind of like, the (laughs) first time I saw that, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Do people sell that? Is that okay? And then after she wears that, there's an episode talking about how, like, how annoying it is basically when white people get offended by the N-word. And I was like, oh, that's me. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. So it was really, I liked, I guess I liked that part of it to make it feel more real. I did feel that some of the scenes, it was a little bit forced, like from Isaiah's character. It didn't feel as natural when he would kind of say it. But yeah, I guess I just found the characters more likable in this one, but I still am just so annoyed that this is what they're doing with it. So it's not in my top two, but it's not my least favorite. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which I, I guess you were going mathematically more in tells you it's number second. three. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going right in line with Lee there for a second. I thought you were like going. No, no, no. It's not my favorite at all. Mostly because, and I like if this was the second film with like, if this cast was in the second film, this might have been my favorite. It's just because of the progression. Like I, I'm progressively getting more and more annoyed that they keep doing this. So mm-hmm. like, because this is the fourth one that has come out, it bothers me more that they haven't tried to do something smarter or funnier with it. Therefore, the film, in in my own opinion and my own ranking, suffers from that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you that it's 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 bothering me that they're not doing anything smarter or funnier with it. But I will also add the word scarier to it as well because this series started as a horror franchise. Yeah, like it's easy to forget that by this point. And there are little flares like here and there. And again, we've argued, you know, it's, there are thin lines between action turning into horror. But it, yeah, it has a complete identity crisis with what it wants to be. And from the first film, you know, you can go back and listen to those podcasts if you haven't. But like there were a lot of positives there and there were a bunch of negatives. And I was fine as long as they did something different each time. 
And the second one, they did something different. And I had a fun time with that, despite having a lot of negatives, really. But I was fine because like, all right, just do something different again. And instead, since the second one, they've just been replicating the same film. Like it's to get a group of people, mostly blacks and Hispanics, confusing amount of people, have someone who can kick ass and save everybody's lives, basically, (laughs) have nearly everybody survive to the end of the movie um, and then have them out on the streets during the purge essentially trying to go from place to place to place as as the militia that are sent in from the government try to kill them and everyone has to be shocked every film is like oh my god the government is sending out militia every time for how many years <laughs> like this is 2014 it's been going on then for like 10 years 11 years i i'm uh i mean i'm very happy that we have differences in opinions because that's what these podcasts are meant to be about i am didn't imagine we'd have this conversation at the end of this podcast i this is the worst this is just the pits this is just the fucking oh this film is (laughs) wow so terrible i don't know if i've seen a worse film in any of our retrospectives like i because i've seen worse films massacre four yeah but i was thinking about that exact one when i came out (laughs) because i was like this may have been the most miserable i've been covering a film during any of these retrospectives. And then I thought about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4 with Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey, isn't he in that one? Yeah. yeah. And th- there's fun to be had in how stupid that film is. That one, you know? and that's the one that ended like, up pretty high on my list. <laughs> they drive down a road from a city, like from a prom, and then end up in the woods somehow. <laughs> and then instead, and then they keep saying, we need to turn around, but they don't turn they around. Don't. <laughs> they just keep driving. Like there's fun to be had. <laughs> In that stupid, stupid movie, there's no fun for me to be had in this movie whatsoever. Like, it's so miserably boring. I think the direction, and I was so excited to get new blood in this film. And now I want James back. Like, I just want, (laughs) I want to feel like the director gives a shit. Like, I don't think James has much talent in him, bless him, as a director. But I feel like he's got some excitement. And this guy, Jared, I just feel how bored he is in like every scene. I just don't get it. And the acting, maybe, like maybe it's slightly better. I don't know. Like everyone seemed pretty terrible for all of the films since the first one. The first one's the only one where I think there's some decent acting in there. Sadly, the characters aren't very good. But I don't give a shit. Like I don't care about any of these people. I really don't. There's too many characters. They're not developed well enough. They make stupid decisions. And I know they're all going to survive because they just keep surviving every time people get shot and nothing happens. Like, yeah. And it's playing to dumb rote action um, scenarios, which I'm just not interested in. Like, It's not something I like personally. Uh, if you're into that stuff, maybe there'll be more you can get out of this. But action doesn't really do it for me. Horror does it for me. There are pinches of horror in here, arguably more than the third one. I don't know. I'm trying to remember now. I have to think about that for the wrap up. But we're progressively straying far away from from horror franchise. We really are. And yeah, what terrifies me is if they keep making these, this is the formula they want to do. Like it costs 13 million. They made 9 million back in night one. By the end of the weekend, they for sure will have a healthy profit just domestic alone. Sending a message. Keep making, you know, keep doing this formula again and again. And that's really disappointing for me because this is one of the most ripe. I think this and Hellraiser which, yeah, when I was thinking about how miserable I've been, no, some of the Hellraiser films have been more miserable. But again, there's some fun you can have with how stupid they are. But this one's not even, like, stupid enough to be fun, you know? It's, like, just... Oh! <laughs> I really hated it. I literally <laughs> wrote down three times in my book, just like, 
please let it just end just let it end <laughs> like and then it would just keep going and it's not even a long movie i just was i just wanted to leave the cinema so badly and to be fair if i wasn't reviewing this i would there's no way i would have sat through this movie like there's no way i would have walked out or turned it off like it's, my life is too short <laughs> i don't know i mean to use marissa tomei <laughs> oh what a oh that's a travesty to get someone good and pull them into this turd it's like that's just sad that just breaks my heart is that where the extra three million came from do you yeah think? i do i genuinely do for the budget and 100 just two days broke my heart and then they do nothing with her they just dispatch with her with a body double like it's just really upsetting i mean the eyes glowed pretty well i like that <laughs> i like the eyes I, there was a moment there yeah when the guy's robbing from the atm i was like all right maybe they're gonna make this fun you know and suddenly change everything and you're gonna think oh okay this is just gonna go typical purge but it's not but then it does no i just need a whole movie of people robbing atms yeah i just want to see the government just like really disappointed what if the first purge sucked nothing yeah happened, it would have been you know? hilarious everyone just had sex parties you know like yeah. just something <laughs> different or just but again like i just want to get back to like something concentrated then i i mean i still want my road trip movie for sure playing with time zones but I really just want something concentrated. I want to be with two people and I want to be with their night and I want to be really concentrated and the horror of them being stuck in a really terrifying situation of which there are a million options that don't all have to be to do with fairy lights and UV lights and fucking 80s fashion and, you know, like there's so much you could do. There's so much you can do. You also have an entire movie just taking place the day before one of the purges. Sure. Like but not I mean, I even have the not make much money during the film. <laughs> have like political commentary. Have you people could. setting up for it, Do whether it's wing. to <laughs> Do the West Wing participate <laughs> or to like protect themselves. No, but I get Do it. You know what? If the TV show was the West Wing, yep. styled around oh, the purge amazing. happening, I'd be I'd be so up for it'd that. It'd be amazing. It's a whole different side <laughs> of the purge. Where you get to see. But we know they're just evil. Yeah. Everyone's evil. You know, all Everyone's the old evil. white people evil. I just I don't even care about the politics. I'm like, you know what? Like, yeah, it's great, but like, no. just I don't give a shit. They're not doing anything interesting with it. As far as I'm concerned, give that up. Then just tell interesting. Yeah, they stories. tried in two films to handle the political side of it, and it's clear that this, at least this team, is like, nah, I don't want, I don't want to do that side of it. Yeah, get me thinking. <laughs> I don't want to make, talk about politics. Like, it's very simple. Yeah, get me thinking, make me laugh, make me scared, or thrill me. And this film does none of the, not one of those four things for me. Nothing at all. I think it's terrible. I think it's it's absolutely terrible. I really was not <laughs> expecting that, and I don't I don't all. know where I can't. I could. I wasn't expecting what you said at the end. You seemed like pretty guarded. You seemed to be pretty down it, and then you get to the end, I'm like, oh, I've been pushing you in a direction because clearly I wasn't enjoying that much. I tried to not. I tried to not say it when I'm, you know, reading through notes, but it's hard when you just like feel so much. Yeah, you you didn't hide it very well. Yeah. The thing is, it's not even anger. It's just complete apathy. It's just so yeah. dull. And it's just so straight to DVD. I'm just amazed that these movies make money still. I really am. Like, 13 million is a pretty hefty budget for a horror film. It's not a big budget for a no, like normal film that gets cinemas. But, like, yeah, that first film cost like 4 or 5 million. And it was... I'm sorry, but I think it was a much better production you can argue it's not as good, it's not as fun, it's not as, like, whatever, but it had, like, characters who felt more believable. It had, yeah, sure. like, more expensive, decent actors in there. And it had, like, a very concentrated, simple idea that seemed way more appropriate for a horror franchise, you know? 
and it cost a quarter nearly as much, you know, or sorry, a third as much. You know. It's, I don't know. I don't, you saying this feels more expensively. I don't see the money in this anywhere, anywhere. I don't know what they did with the 13 million. I think there are a lot of parties that must have happened on set because <laughs> the money has to have gone somewhere and I don't see it. Uh, I did see they have multicam set up. So I don't know if they had that for the other ones, but I watched some of the making ofs and they have multicam. So, you know, they'd have to, have to hire multiple cameras. Can I clarify? I didn't say it looked more expensive. I said it didn't look as cheap as the other ones. Sure. <laughs> I think it looks cheaper than the other ones. I think it looks oh, much God. cheaper. I really okay, do. Fine. I think this, that's what I mean. I mi- I wanted him right. to go away. Now I just want James DeMonaco to come back. Although to be honest, I don't want any of those things. I, I just not want, want to not that. have to keep going with this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, Honestly, I mean it. Like, we have how many franchises? We're about to hit 10 by the end of this year of horror franchises that were covered on this site. This is the one where I'm going to say it. I don't want any more movies. I, and I know we're going to keep getting them. <laughs> and I just don't want it. Like, Hellraiser has been a nightmare, but I'm fascinated and interested with what they do next. I'm excited. I love Pinhead. There's no returning character. There's no returning hero. There's no returning villain. Yeah. What is this? It's like, what are we really meant to be excited about going back for another Purge film? Is it that we just keep hoping that they'll do the idea justice? Yes, <laughs> so, but I, mean, like... I give up. <laughs> James Monica, clearly he's made loads of money and he owns this IP, clearly, because he's running that TV yeah. show as well. He's going to be attached to everything. It's not going to get any better, like as far as I'm concerned. If you're finding extra what stuff need, to enjoy. What we need great. is a Battle Royale game based yeah. on the Purge. Yeah. I mean, that's what I thought this would be when this was originally meant to be called The Purge the Island. And that's what it was meant to be called for ages. Uh, and that's what everyone thought it was going to be. It was like the, the Japanese film Battle Royale. They chuck a bunch of prisoners on an island or something. And then, okay, let's see how this see works what happens. Out. No. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> just please just, just no. stop. You know, I don't want to watch this fucking TV show. I wanted to read this out. <laughs> <laughs> Our editing team is going to be very mad at you for plopping your head on the microphone I'm throughout done. this entire podcast I'm, like, I'm done guys <laughs> just to clarify listeners he's almost in tears I'm really I think. I'm just done so I don't want it anymore. I <laughs> so when I was googling to try to figure out if the contacts were real there are two stories on google that pop up as the top stories the first one is from Washington Post the second one is from Deadline and the titles are, the Washington Post title is, The First Purge Review. Yes, it's violent, but it's also undeniably intriguing. The second one from Deadline <laughs> Hang says, on, what? <laughs> hang on. The second one says, The First Purge Review. Here's to hopefully the last Purge movie, but don't count on it. I echo Those are the top stories with like completely opposite yeah. review titles. But, no, but how does he work? Yes, it's violent, but... It's also interesting. What? It's intriguing. It could be violent and interesting. Those are not separate was, things, opposing things. I was going to say actually as well, it's, it's a 15 over here like the other ones and it feels really, vi- it felt much more violent. I don't think so. Blood and stabby blood stabby. And, you don't really feel the violence. I'm just, I'm just squeamish. So. <laughs> stabby stabby. It's all right, Al. It's okay. Is it? They're going to keep coming. It, it is. I'm married it's to this now. now. I now know how like there's so many co-hosts on these shows who are like, they're going to keep making these movies and they have to keep coming back. That's how I was and with I'm Child's elated. Play. I'm elated because I'm happy. I'm happy to get back icons anytime. I don't mind how bad it is. This, I just want this to end. I really do. But they're going to keep doing it. 
how many do you reckon we'll get? I guess that's the big thing. Well, let's get to it next week. We'll 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 play some bets on how mm. many before this runs out of steam. Will it get further than Saw and Paranormal Activity before they stop making them? And then obviously bring them back again in a few years' time. That's the question. Or will they stop completely? I mean, that's my hope. Honestly, my hope right now is the TV shows it. Like, they'll do the TV show. It won't make money. Because horror TV doesn't make money. Here's the thing. These things, this works for cinema. People don't give a shit on TV. Like, other than The Walking Dead, horror for TV doesn't really do well. It worked for um, American Horror Story for about three sure, seasons. Sure, yes. You're right. You're right. That's absolutely correct. But yeah, there's so much horror stuff out there and it just it doesn't make its its money back. And like the Scream one wasn't doing well. Ash vs. Evil Dead got cancelled recently. Like they don't do what they're hoping they're going to do. And if this is making so much money on cinema, just keep doing what you're doing. But I'm happy because maybe the TV will happen. They won't get the ratings. It won't go back to cinema and that'll be the end of it. And we can just do one more show and talk about the TV show. <laughs> so you think it might damage the brand then? Oh, if if, the I mean, to be honest, if this can't damage the brand, what can we? What can? <laughs> Um, but also just where do they go you know because like we said they closed the yeah. book at the end of anarchy sorry at the end of election year so what do you do now the second purge are we gonna like just go through the prequel <laughs> years up until the five-year mark where we meet up with ethan hawk like what do they do excellent all right what do they do know. what do they do nobody knows i'm sure I'm we'll very, find I'm out happy really, really, i'm happy that you're getting something more out of it that that brings me joy and confusion <laughs> all right <laughs> thank you guys for joining me to talk about the first purge i'd like to say i've had fun but it was nice to see your faces at least we will be back next friday to do the purge wrap-up where we're going to talk even more about this this fucking series but we're going to talk about uh the media around it we're going to be covering because this is this is series is affected the world you know purge to purge go on a purge is now like just a phrase people say there is the yeah, Rick and Morty episode. There are movies that are like unofficial sequels. There's lots of weird shit. And we're going to be investigating all of that in the hope we can mine some gold and bring it to you. Uh, so we'll be talking about that next Friday. And then uh, Friday after that, we'll be starting our next series, which is going to be Scream. And it's going to be ah! with me. Of course. I just realized this the other day. You know, you listen to podcasts and like, so we have a bunch of people. Now, what if there's someone guaranteed right now? Can I see how many listeners we have? There's someone listening right now who really likes Ali, who likes Lee likes alexander likes christina likes katie likes haruka likes justin but they just cannot stand me guess what <laughs> tough shit because <laughs> you get me this every fucking is why week we series. need fuck you at wearegeeks.com that's so true. that person but if you, can have a voice and really if you use would it. like to say you know what we love the show love the work you guys do but al can you please stop hosting them then send us an email mail at weirdgeeks.com mail at weirdgeeks.com just go to weirdgeeks.com and you can just then click on the little button. If you don't like typing letters into things, then you're fucking <laughs> lazy and stupid. But you can just go to our website and do it that way. Yeah, and, do, and just tell us a series that you want us to cover. We're actually plotted out until the end of 2019. But we do change stuff around. Uh, we recently just changed something for the end of this year because of a film that's coming out. So we do change stuff. So let us know a series you'd like us to cover. If there's something out there that's not been covered by other sites, we'd like to cover it because we'd rather not be in competition. And right now we are in competition with some other sites who do some very good quality podcasts. So let us know. What else? Weirdgeeks.com. You can go to social media. Like I said, please do rate and subscribe to us because that's the only way people find out about us. We don't do promotions. We keep getting emails for people saying, hey, do you want to monetize your website? Do you want to monetize your podcast? And we say no because we're also stupid. we hate money we hate money 
we just want to scrape the bottom of the barrel and just keep pouring money and time into these things <laughs> and hope that someone notices. What else can you do? If you're on there, you might as well hit that little black button that takes you on to weartestolate.com. They're a publisher, they're a production company run out of London, LA, and Tokyo. Because like I said, we're a group who make movies. We make feature films. We've got one coming out called Starfish. We've got some more in the pipeline. A couple of horror ones that I'm excited about that we're hopefully making next. What else we do? We do albums. We do some short films, some web series are coming, and hopefully some computer game apps, which we're working on it right now, talking to some coders about that. Coders are interesting people. I never know what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, I had something else I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, so I was quickly saying, when we do Scream, by the way, that will be myself, and that will be Christina Masterson returning from, uh, what did she do with us? Romero's Living Dead. Star and Wars. Star Wars. And then Alexander Chard will be coming back to the horror fray. Because those guys love 90s slasher movies. That's what I've learned. Any excuse to talk about 90s stars. Talking about Monica. She's in those films. Yes, thank you very much for listening to all this, this stuff. I am Mr. Al White <laughs> on all the social medias. M-R-A-L-W-H-I-T-E. What about you guys? Ladies first. Okay. <laughs> is that is that your Monica? Or... <laughs> Twitter it is, slash my Twitter ladies handle. first. Yeah, ladies first. Ladies first. <laughs> it's not really. It's not really. Don't follow that. I uh, actually, Al, you asked for my Twitter handle the other day, and then I never got context about why you needed it. But anyway, I? I don't use it. So if you tweeted me, I didn't see it. But you can find me on Instagram as Ali Sue. Did I, yeah, I did, didn't I? Why did I need that? I don't know. You didn't tell me. <laughs> Background checks. Yeah, yeah now's a good time to look at my Twitter to decide if you want to hang out with me. No, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> Two and at and a half years later. right now on Twitter. <laughs> uh, there's a boutique web ladies first. I can find ladies first underscore please. Uh, ladies first net. What exactly are we advertising Ladies here? first London, <laughs> which is a bunch of drunk looking ladies making cheers. In London. Oh, they say it's coming soon. That, They're very that, excited. That, that's my Twitter. Six hours ago. So there you go. Cutting, cutting news, guys. Ladies first is happening. <laughs> uh, Lee, it's sorry. Lee. It's fine. You can find me on Twitter, Lee Comley ITV, and Instagram, Lee Comley. And I've said it for the past few times now, but I'm still hooked on Fortnite. So come and come and play with me, Limo UK. I won my first game yesterday on did, Fortnite. Did you oh, so happy. I was so happy. You playing solo? So so happy. I'm playing solo. Well, first you know time I ever won. Oh, thank that's you, a sir. beautiful moment, man. Thank I'm you, proud of you. Um, how was your tactic? That, how did that, you do it? What was your tactic? Jump around and shoot someone with a shotgun. Did you have to build at the end? Uh, I did build at the end, and I'm getting better at that. Very uh, nice. But I spent, I spent most of the match hiding in a little cottage. Well, yeah. But it worked. Very British of you. It worked. It worked. Tell you what, I will uh, come and fuck up your games for you, because I'm not very good. Please do. But I do like Please playing. Please do. I'll play some Fortnite with you, for sure. Yeah. So, I kind of just want to keep chatting, because it's been nice chatting. Uh, but this is why our podcasts are so long. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Like, hey, what about just that game? Because we haven't got to talk for a while, so it's nice to talk to you guys. And I'll, I'll be honest, we started this podcast. Let's like, record hey, it. Friends. I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about the film. Can we talk about other stuff? But no. We'll <laughs> talk about the first fucking purge. Alright, everybody, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Have a lovely week. And we will see you next Friday with the purge wrap up. And we're out. Geeks. Bye. Geeks.